In a world of art and entertainment, we often seek deeper meaning and overanalyze the presentation. Director Paul Verhoeven often uses B-movie genre as a vehicle for complex human emotions, social satire, and shocking sex and violence. Is this genius subtext for the artist's intent, or our own imagination looking for cosmic connection where none were intended? We call this this dilemma dilemma the Verhoeven effect. I'm Common. And I'm Nathan. We have another very special episode. We have the 2011 movie, The Grey. Yes. Uh, Nathan, do you have a history with The Grey? <laughs> uh, me and Stacy watched it once, like, when it came out. Uh, I mean, like... Like in the theaters? No, no, no. We watched it okay. on... Uh, no, it was the Red Box. Okay. So, yeah, that tells you how old we are. <laughs> yeah, mostly I know this from you constantly referencing the part where he like puts like liquor bottles in between yeah. his fingers. Like he, like now he's the alcoholics Wolverine. Yeah. <laughs> Best thing ever. And weirdly come to find out when watching this movie that happens for like two seconds and there's no follow up. No, it. but you remember actually, it. Well, the thing is like what I heard is like in the trailer, there's more, the, there's more of that scene that was filmed that's in the trailer and not in the movie. So apparently a lot of people were bummed by that. It's like, yeah. no, we want the f-ing knife fight punch out scene with the wolf. It's like, well, you're not getting it. Yeah, because I forgot he duct taped the knife into his other hand. So he's like, he was just like, his body was just weapons at that point. This is a very, like, it's a great, it's a good feel good movie. Uh, also, the way I spell gray, uh, which I guess is wrong in British, but I. <laughs> Because I only found that out like four years ago. Like, oh, everyone spells, at least in America or most places, everyone spells gray, G-R-A-Y. Yeah. And I always spell the E-Y. Because as far as I remember, that was how it was spelled on a Crayola crown. So that's how I spelled gray. But uh, whatever. <laughs> I don't know. Have you ever come across that, Nathan? Or well, I, interestingly, I have some bottles here. <laughs> um, where's my glasses? Because I need those now. Because, of course, um, <laughs> these are Mr. Hobby. So it's mostly, or also known as Gunzi, it is mostly uh, Japanese writing. But this color gray, G-R-A-Y, this dark gray, G-R-E-Y. Same company, same manufacturer. Uh, Let's (laughs) see, this gray here is G-R-A-Y. But it seems like all the lighter tones of gray... Like the, like this this I don't know how well this comes through. That's like a light gray. Yeah. Okay. That is um, a Y, dark gray, E Y. Don't know huh. why. But there's more like Japanese writing on those bottles than any other language. <laughs> so I, yeah, who knows how they're well, doing also like it. like the book and the movie Fifty Shades of Gray. That was G R E Y, but that's because the character's name was Gray G R E Y. Okay. And and so it was more of like a pun. Do you know the weird history of those books? Um, they were basically it was erotic fan fiction for the vampire novels. Uh, yeah, the well, Twilight novels. Twilight novels. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then it became its own 
because it's basically like it was written to describe like the sex lives we imagine the vampires have in those books but it's because they're young adult novels they don't include that so <laughs> we're just going to do our own imagination thing and then that became a basis for the most popular I don't know S&M novels in America yeah I've never watched or read any of those books me neither so. people's <laughs> To be honest with you, folks, people's sex lives don't interest me too much unless they're <laughs> really weird. <laughs> then it's like, oh, I want to know things like this about people. But other than that, it's like, ah, oh, just reading books about people having sex is like. Well, as far great. as I know, the stuff in the book is like tame to like what you've accidentally discovered on the internet. So it's like, so I guess there's just a lot of housewives that haven't searched the internet far enough to be. Uh, to not blink an eye at what happens in those books. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it didn't seem like there was like a coat of oil on it where it's like, ah, <laughs> oh, you, it's it's so murky you can't see through it unless you plunge your face into it and <laughs> pierce the other side. I didn't think it was that bad, or or was it? I don't know, but yeah, it doesn't. No, sound as far right. as I know, it's just basically like people getting tied up and there's some whips and then like you know some people be uncomfortable for a while. It's like. That doesn't seem that bad. I've seen way worse. On the yeah, internet. I was going to say, this isn't like the pain Olympics where it's like, yeah, we're cutting <laughs> things off. <laughs> or things are being beaten that shouldn't be or punched. It's Ta a... Time to have sex acupuncture. Yeah. <laughs> you ever, ever have, ever, ever screw in a pile of broken glass? <laughs> like, what's wrong with you? Were you raised by serial killers? Or are you just German? Which one is it? I don't know what's going on. Can it be both? Yeah, it probably German is. serial killers to raise me. Uh, came out January 27th, 20... 2012. Oh, so it must have been... Yeah, oh, hmm. I must have missed something. Cause no, it says... it's uh, Film Circuit release 2011, general release okay. 2012. Trying to get in for the Oscars. Okay, that's, no, what, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> Maybe, I don't know. It's, yeah, know, it could it's... be. It's got okay performances, but generally a Jan uh, yeah either a January movie is like Oscar season movies or it's garbage. <laughs> so they must have not they must have not thought well of this movie, but they released it at the end of January, so maybe they thought well enough of it. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, this it's it's I will say it's uh, I watched it with Stacy because she thought it looked interesting. She did not like it because it was just kind of gory and violent in some parts and essentially hopeless yeah. or hopeful depending on how you view it um <laughs> i thought it was a kind of an a very consistent story with fairly even performances throughout but it didn't leave me like i want to know more you know i was kind of like well no. i've seen it <laughs> so it's no, like, i mean it's more of a character study and there's either some there's also some interesting interpretations on it where there's stuff you can take where it's like okay, did the filmmakers and the writers make a mistake or is that the characters making a mistake intentionally or unintentionally and this is all a character study? And it's hard to know. <laughs> yeah. Because I'm, I'm not sure if you looked up the trivia, but basically they were saying like, you know, Liam Neeson in this movie basically takes over everything because he's like, well, he knows the wolves, so he's going to know better. And essentially, if you look at the movie – they follow him, and he essentially makes every wrong decision yeah. possible. <laughs> I noticed that. <laughs> and some people are saying, like, well, he's suicidal. That's intentional. That's exactly what I thought, too. <laughs> or is it people who are out of their element trying their best, and it just doesn't work out? 
Because he's not exactly, you know, he doesn't purport himself to be a survival expert. He's just a guy that shoots wolves to st- before the wolves tackle the workers at a yeah. oil factory. <laughs> Directed by Joe Carnahan, who usually does like like a lot of like wacky and zany action movies that are very, you know, Quentin Tarantino-esque. Yes. I remember um, Smoking Aces comes to mind. Yes, that was the movie he did before this. Uh, you know, it's. I think that was a cool movie. It's probably, if I watched it again, I'd probably be like, I'd roll my eyes at it. But I remember being cool when I watched it. <laughs> There's things I liked about it. Yeah, I remember like, oh, this is kind of. It's very artistic, like you said. It's very. Yeah. It's like, well, this is definitely a movie of its time. Uh, uh, and it's got a huge cast. Well, at least a bunch of people from that movie went on to do bigger things. And it's like, oh, cool. Here they're in the movie for like five minutes, being a cool version of themselves. And then, uh, but he does he does serious stuff like his first movie is Blood, Guts, Bullets, and Octane, which is very just like I want to be Quentin Tarantino, so it's fun but also stupid when compared to Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. And then he got more serious. He did Narc, which was also a January movie that and that, Narc's a good movie. Yeah, I like I liked it. I remember liking it. it's one with Ray Liotta, right? Yes. Yeah. Then he did Smoke and Aces, and then after that he got a, you know a lot of money. He did the A Team movie, which I think is perfectly fine, but it pretty much bombed at the box office. Yeah, there's. I love the tank scene in that. It, yeah, it's like yeah, because yeah, I like think about things like that in the same way. It's like that's got to be possible. Please let that be possible because <laughs> it's just so much fun. Um, oh, I think they got some physicists on it, and they were on the side of the movie on that. Yeah, I hope so because it needs to happen. <laughs> If I want to see my tax money spent for something, it's like, I want this. I want to see a tank fly. <laughs> yeah, and fire a machine gun off, and a full-size cannon off of it, too, It's while it's falling. It's like, this is amazing. <laughs> this this has to really happen. And then, like, a year later, he got back together with Liam Neeson and did this movie, so he's back to serious. Yeah. <laughs> and then, I don't know, I remember people liking this movie. I don't know what's, how successful it was box office-wise, but it seems ever since he's done TV and, like, B-level action movies that don't get wide releases or very small releases. Yeah. So he's kind of disappeared, like, I'd say, like, from the mainstream, but still exists. Um, yeah, I, I, yeah, I could see that. Because I, I do think, like, he has great instincts for film. But I don't think he has the greatest instincts for story. Yeah, I think he knows how to make things look a certain way. Yeah, and, and he definitely and he just uh, he does he definitely has an ear for dialogue, but sometimes gets in <laughs> gets in to himself too much. And then like he does create fun characters, it just they don't they're just very they're they're just kind of one dimensional characters, and they only last for so long. But he definitely has a talent. That's why he's still around doing things. And cinematographer is uh, Masanobu Takayanagi, which we last saw he did he did Silver Linings Playbook. Yeah, uh, that's so what he did right was. after he did that right after this one. <laughs> oh, is that? Oh, yeah, yeah, that'd be right after this. Uh, it was written by Joe Carnahan and Ian Mackenzie Jeffries, which Jeffers. This is the first time I'm looking at his thing. I think he wrote a short story of his. Oh, he did Death Sentence. That was, that was a fun, hopeless movie. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the short story was called Ghost Walker. Um, I found out it was a short story. I was going to look it up and try to get it and read it, but I forgot. So. That's fine. <laughs> and, of course, the cast is Liam Neeson, uh, Dermot Mulroney, and Frank Grillo. 
Nope. Uh, Nathan, do you know who Frank Grillo is? <laughs> uh, yes, he was. Uh, oh, what's he most famous for? Well, he was. I know he was in all a bunch of Marvel movies as different characters. Oh yeah, he's just like a bad heavy guy in those movies, but like not like a. He, but he wasn't super powered. I don't think he, he no. was just like a hint. He's wor- he works with Joe Carnahan a lot. Like I saw. So the movie did after this, or no, it wasn't after this. It was like around 2020 or something. They released on Hulu called Boss Level. Um, fun movie, not good. Okay. <laughs> I think the most thing I'm struck by in the movie is that like Frank Grillo is like in his like it's like with his shirt off for like half the movie, and like he's like 55 in that movie, and he's got like the body of a 20 year old. It's like how the hell does that happen? I guess genetics is strong in his family. <laughs> He doesn't have the face of a twenty-year-old, but his body looks like it's twenty. I remember uh, he was—he was in one of my, uh, what's those movies? It was one of those Bruce Lee movies, or not Bruce Lee, Bruce Willis movies, uh, Cosmic Sin. Frank Quillo was the second oh. guy in that. <laughs> okay. Like I said, that movie is absolutely horrendous, but the concept. And it's like, oh, there's a protocol called cosmic sin. It's like, what does it mean? It means when you kill alien life, you just commit genocide against it because it is so dangerous to us. We must kill it. It's like the only cool thing about the movie is, oh, we're initiate the cosmic sin protocols. It's like, what? What's that? Yeah. I think Thomas Jane was in that, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was, that was a bunch of people like some Russian millionaire wanted to like direct a movie. So they're like, here you go. Yeah. <laughs> We're giving you Bruce Willis. Uh, and then he's also, he was in, Frank Grillo is in like his, Joe Carnan's recent movie, which I saw the trailer for and it looked fine. It basically looked like an extension of Smoking Aces, but again, it was released like two like two years ago and I never heard of it. Yeah. Um, yeah, go check the cop shop. Okay. It's got a 6-2 rating, which really isn't bad for an internet movie database, but not great. Uh, why I watched the trailer sometime. I think it's, I don't even know if it's streaming anywhere, but again, it was like, this movie looks okay. Never saw, never knew it existed. That just kind of seems where Joe Carnahan's at at the moment. But I guess also it's one of those like, kind of like, like assault on precinct moves, three thirteen movies where it just all takes place in one location. So obviously like it was a budget minded kind of like action, you know, standoff movies. Yeah. Just James badge Dale is in this. My favorite actor from The Empty Man and a bunch of <laughs> other stuff. I think he played the dumbass guy with the long hair. In this movie? I think that was him. No, maybe that no. was the other guy. No, that was the other guy. Okay. J- James Badgedale is the guy who dies in, in the plane. He's bleeding out. And, and, oh, okay. Uh, Lane, That's him. Okay. goes up to him and is like, just, just let it wave over you. Yeah. <laughs> Which freaks everybody out because he's like, you know, it's like the opposite of every scene in every movie where it's like, just like, stay with me. <laughs> like, you need to stay awake. And he was like, go to sleep and die. <laughs> let death wash over you. <laughs> Think of the people you love. And then think about how you're never going to see him again. Wait, no, no, don't think. Don't, sorry. Uh, don't do that. Yeah. So we have Act 1. We got open. It opens with a shot of, like, misty mountains. There's some kind of interesting cinematography going on here because there seems to be – I don't know if they just, like, did some color correction or did some gr- color digital graining on the film, but there seems to be, like – there's kind of that digital film where it's, like – it's like it, it captures better at night, but it looks like handycam footage almost. And then there's just like, this is on film, but I actually don't know what it was shot on, but it is kind of interesting. 
Yeah, it was um, basically shot in Vancouver, kind of in the northern part of it, and then they actually gave him access to a real oil refining site because those are all over Canada. Yeah. Um, and uh, that was in British Columbia, I think. Yeah. So yeah, they were able to shoot up there, and that, yeah, that's it's why it looks so cool. But they just do something because like there's a bunch of di- there's a lot of like cutting to different things that are that isn't reality that happens in this movie, which makes it kind of interesting, but also just weird and out of nowhere. Oh, the scene with other scenes I love in this movie besides uh, you know alcohol hands are the like um, oh, what's that movie called the Inception style like reunions with his wife in his mind. <laughs> yeah. It's like, and this you got to remember, his wife actually died two years before this movie was made. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, Liam Neeson gave an awesome performance in this movie. He actually is just reliving the death of Natasha Richardson's <laughs> over and over again. It's which is super sad when you think about it. Yeah. It's like, wow, that's that actually is true. That because I, I I thought that happened like, because I remember hearing about that, and I thought I thought well that happened like in the early two thousands, like in two thousand one or something. No, it was in two thousand nine. She died, and it's like, oh wow. Well, what were the circumstances of that? I can't remember. Because whenever someone celebrity a, dies, I always, I always, it's like a ski accident or cancer. I can't. So I can't it was remember. a skiing accident. Oh, okay. But huh. she didn't die immediately. She's like, I got a headache, and then she died like two days later, from huh. like whatever she she injured her head and whatever happened, like she died. And um, yeah, it was like terrible because i think they had i think yeah he just he had like um what was it like two or three kids with him at that point and it's like oh here's here's your kids you know it's good luck so yeah we got a cryptic voiceover from liam neeson who plays otway yes interesting name yeah it is (laughs) Uh, i mean he is just plays irish in this movie so that's what his character's background is he's carrying like a bagged rifle with some through some like oil industrial park I wrote probably Alaska, but like you said, it's filmed in British Columbia. But it's meant to it's be Alaska. Meant to be Alaska. Yeah. Which I guess in the original concept, Joe Carnahan is like, no, it's Canada. And then they're like, you're, you're going to make literally millions more dollars if you just say it's Alaska. Yeah, that will actually, yeah, that'll bring more people. <laughs> yeah, a lot of underrated Canadian made movies just because it takes place in Canada and nobody cares. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which like the canada okay like if you're if you're filming in in toronto and you're trying to pass it off as new york but it's obviously like not or you're saying are you doing something like that but like if you're filming in canada in the northern like wastes of canada or in alaska which is like weirdly actually in reality should just be the other part of canada but we yeah. bought it from the russians and it's like <laughs> it's like what difference it's the same thing it's, it's just a bunch of wilderness with oil refineries in it yeah because you can't live there 99 percent of the time <laughs> And the voiceover, he says, like, ex-cons, fugitives, drifters, assholes, men unfit for mankind, which he includes himself in this, which we don't know. We don't know which one he is, but yeah, he's just a drifter asshole, I guess. <laughs> he's not a fugitive or an ex-con. So. so he enters, like, a warehouse bar. Like, it's a bar just, like, inside of a warehouse or something. And there's fighting and partying going on. Uh, you know, no one seems to really be stopping the fight. They're more, like, cheering it on. Yeah, they're just kind oh. of interested in it distantly. Uh, but they also seem, I guess, I guess in 
you know, they're done with their shift or whatever, or, you know, I don't know if they just, I don't know if this is like crab fishing where they go out for like three months and then get like a hundred thousand dollars and then go back to their lives and waste it all on drugs or whatever. But it's probably uh, something like that. Yeah. Like essentially like they're done for, you know, their, their isolation working that they're doing. They're good. They get to go back home after this. Um, you don't know that here, but I, I'm just guessing that later on because that seems like what's happening. So I've known two people in my life that were pipeline workers, interesting guys, still doing it, um, make a lot of money. But then when they tell you like how much it costs to live in Alaska, it's like, oh, you're not really making that much money. <laughs> <laughs> okay, weird. Living in America. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. He takes a drink and then has a flashback to his wife when he was in bed with her. He like laments being with her and then like he realizes, but then she left me, which is like, oh, well, yeah, he was a bad person and she left him, which has a different connotation within the last like, I don't know, five minutes of the movie. It's yeah. Like, oh, that's what's going on. <laughs> and then he cuts to him like he's like writing down his voiceover. This is all kind of like out of sequence, but it's supposed to confuse you because we cut to like some guys are out work. It's like day. Some guys are working out. Well, actually, I don't know because you know how time gets weird up there. So I don't even know like what time they're there, how long daylight lasts, you know, all that stuff. No, because of a conversation towards the end of the movie, it's the day shift. Okay. Uh, I don't know if they're in the white nights or not uh, yet, <laughs> but I don't know if they even have it that part of alaska but yeah i, th I think it, okay. no, it is the day shift uh some guys are out working on the pipes and then like a, a like a wolf's trying to attack him and then otway just shoots the wolf which yeah. no one really reacts to it's like oh a bullet flew by me cool thanks like, yeah he's shooting no this thing on the run too <laughs> which is like kind of cool it was like five feet from the guy yeah <laughs> and it just spins around and like falls over and they're just like yeah, just huh fired a bullet at an oil pipeline pass me that oh, wrench <laughs> he f***ed that wolf up, didn't he? Yep. <laughs> Let's get this done and go get drunk and beat on each other. Uh, then there was a close-up on the dying wolf, and Altway walks up to it. I think this is where he like kind of like lays his head on it and basically like listens to it, listens to it life leave its body, which is a common thing throughout this movie. Yeah, there's a lot of life leaving bodies in this movie, and people's kind of weird relationship with because any normal person would be like, "Why? What are we doing here? This is horrible." But you know. <laughs> The, everyone's kind of stoic about it or, or weirdly idiotic about it. Like yeah. no one's normal. There's no uh, one person has a normal reaction to this stuff. Yeah. Uh, but they're well, not yeah, normal situations no, either. No, they're also not normal people. They explain that in the voiceover. Yeah. Although at the very end, they normalize them somewhat. Whether it's like everyone has a picture of their family and their children. It's like, wait, this doesn't seem like this group of guys. Yeah. <laughs> Ah, family um, men, everyone. <laughs> uh, then we cut to, like, it's night again, and Otway's preparing to kill himself, which this seems like a different rifle. I don't know, or if it just looks different. This movie, I don't think was, let me look. Go ahead. Because <laughs> I I, I, it seemed like the rifle he shot the wolf of was different from this one, because this one, the way the barrel is shaped, it almost looks like it's a silencer, but it could just be an, a heavily re reinforced barrel, you know, for shooting big game so i don't know uh remington 700 is that a big one <laughs> that's a big uh let's see it's a 308 caliber oh okay so yeah yeah uh, yeah, it'll, yeah it's a pipe hitting round as they say <laughs> yes that's what they say 
I don't know how you get it. You have to have arms as long as Liam Neeson to get it in your mouth, though. <laughs> Reach that trigger. But yeah, that kind of seems on a low end for like. I guess he's just hunting wolves, so that doesn't seem like a rifle you'd take after a bear. <laughs> no, probably not. I don't know. Yeah, probably not. Well, from what I've heard, like I said, I do know the guys, and it's you always. I ask him the one guy who used to text or you know chat on uh, email or Facebook or whatever the hell it is. And I was always told that the polar bears are the really dangerous things. Yeah. Because they'll just kill you, and they don't have any fear. They're, they're not, like, impressed. You know, they just, like, walk <laughs> up and, like, I'm hungry. Like you say, he'd only heard wolves, never seen them. I meant to follow up with him before the podcast, but I he's, like, deleted his Facebook account or something. <laughs> Probably well, voted meant... for the wrong person, so I'm not allowed to be his friend anymore or something. <laughs> you know, those things. Yeah. Also looking in the, the trivia for this, they basically, you know, there's a lot of people that are like, you know, because there's some ways it's like, yeah, this is a stupid movie and like, here's the reason why. And it's like all legitimate, but also like this is kind of a case study and like men's men trying to be men and failing. And it's not saying that like, see, these guys aren't men's men. It's trying to say that like no man can do this. Yeah. <laughs> like You like to think you're going to punch your way through wolves. But that's not what's going to happen. No, terrible. But what anyways, what they said is like wolves don't do this. <laughs> no, they generally run away from people because we're doing um, weird things. We're moving in weird ways. We have hands <laughs> which freak them out because it's like, shouldn't you be standing on those? It's like, no, I can grab you. It's like, ah, insect. But these are but this is movie stuff where animals can have vengeance and that's just something that's common yeah in movies so that's just kind of the trope that's going on here so you know because i don't know if sharks act like jaws i don't think i don't think sharks have a sense of revenge no yeah there's yeah this is this is like it's what do they call the anthropomorphism where you're assigning human traits to something that's just like i don't know because wolves and dogs are basically the same thing and like yeah, yeah like my dog i know is happy to see me and loves me but i don't know like there's not like depth to it and so I know, like, she can be mad at me if I don't, like, give her food or, you know, whatever thing she wants to do. Like, when I go for a walk and I don't take her, I know that there's some, like, pouting looks from across the room. But I've never, she's never tried to, like, tear my throat out over it, so. Um, Although I do believe Orca, there is that movie Orca, was basically Jaws, but with an Orca. And I do believe Orcas and, like, whales in general can have a sense of vengeance. Yeah, they're pretty uh, smart. <laughs> i mean they have the they seem to have the, a lot of processing power considering yeah. their brains are about as big as a car <laughs> and then you're like well why don't they have a society and they're traveling are they why are they traveling faster than light but then you realize their mode of communication and location is so complex that's what that giant brain does <laughs> because look how big a submarine is and it basically operates in the same environment and it's like yeah a lot of a submarine is like communication and celestial orientation in a 3d <laughs> environment which only aircraft have to do that ships always on a plane cars always on a plane aircraft submarines they're in a 3d environment <laughs> so they have to have big old computers in them to tell you where they're at because people aren't gonna know i always like those weird horrifying stories about planes flying into storms because yeah. flying planes is something that's always like people that do it it's fascinating i would never do it but it is fascinating to me because you hear about people, especially that get in like, um, like, you know, like the bush planes and some of the smaller prop planes and they're flying into like 
storms that like the coast guard would be like you're gonna die like don't do it <laughs> and then you hear like how they crashed was like oh they were flying upside down and didn't realize it they were so disorientated <laughs> and their gear was screwed up or something and i was like is that even possible but then you think about it and you look at it as described and it's like oh yeah you can get that turned around in your mind where it's like well i'm you know pulling the stick up why am i going down it's like yeah. well you're upside down but I mean, that's an insane storm where you can't see in front of you, yeah. and you never, you don't know what's going on, and it's like, oh my god! And I think something has to happen where your gauges get screwed up too. Yeah, but well, you're, I mean, you're referencing the JFK Jr. thing, right? Well, it's no, there's been a few too. things that's that. It's like when these planes crash, and it's like, how to if they just stayed on a on a course, they would have been fine. Why did they just? dive right into the ocean it's like well, yeah, well that's they, what I was wondering. well i didn't know if like with the jfk jr one i didn't know if that was because he wasn't instrument rated i actually don't know like because i know that's like the there's like flyby sight that's like your first level and then there's instrument rated which is a big upgrade yeah. from that gotta know a lot of math to do that yeah well you yeah you're basically flying the plane like a submarine you can't see anything you have to fly it by the instruments yeah um which is can be you know that's why submarines are piloted by geniuses. Yeah. <laughs> Weird, confusing genius. That's why they're cracking out the slide rule. It's like, why are you doing that now? It's like, oh, it's fun, you know. And it's like, well, I <laughs> hope we make the turn at the you know at the bottom of Red Route One right, <laughs> otherwise we're gonna smash into the you know sea tunnel or or no sea <laughs> cavern or whatever. Yeah, yeah, a chasm. A chasm. Uh, you know, there's various depths and rises in the ocean especially in the atlantic it gets deep there oh yeah <laughs> uh i think that's where it's the deepest right in the world isn't it in the atlantic um i'm not sure well, one of those abysses <laughs> yeah let's so, yeah, we uh then we cut to oh wait oh yeah so he's putting the gun in his mouth he's about to kill himself but then he hears a wolf cry and that's his sign from god to not kill himself <laughs> whatever the god he doesn't believe in yeah, yeah but he wants to believe in i wish i had faith then i could have peace i don't even know if he says it like that but it's you know uh we uh got workers and otway are boarding like a mid-sized plane like you know this thing has you know there's two seats uh, across the aisle from each other so it's four seats in a row and so it's a fairly decent plane yeah it's like a um, jet type aircraft yeah, right yeah. yeah it's yeah it's a jet so yeah when i think of flying in alaska i'm thinking of something with like you know snow skis on it <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's a dude pressure washing the snow off the windshield which i guess that would be a bad sign yeah <laughs> or maybe it's common in alaska i don't know <laughs> no they do that here it's de-icing yeah um they don't do it with a pre i mean yeah it's 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 like something that I don't know. I used to know some guys that worked out at the airport. It's like it's it's like it basically has some characteristics of antifreeze in it. Okay. And they used to just straight up use antifreeze, but that just kills everything in the environment. So, <laughs> um, but uh, de-icing doesn't. It's like uh, there's two ways to de-ice. You can chemically de-ice them, and then they have airbags in the wings that will like expand to break the ice loose, so you can move the flaps around and was i hear stories like that it's like i'm never getting on a plane again <laughs> this is just scaring the shit. it's like what if those airbags don't inflate it's like well did you ever hear about that plane that crashed in new jersey it's like oh my god <laughs> <laughs> okay 
But then you realize how many times those planes fly around and they never crash. It's like there's planes that are yeah. 70 years old that have never been in one crash. It's like, okay, my, I'm actually more dangerous driving to work than I am getting on a plane. But Yeah, but, you know, it's, it's, it's more spectacular the danger in your mind of what can happen on a plane rather than what can happen in a car. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can have a fender bender in a car. It's like, but yeah. if you collide with something in a plane, it's like, well, that's a wrap. You're not a, a, you, you don't imagine yourself generally in a decapitating fireball yeah <laughs> in your car even though that can happen i so. mean yeah, it can happen but yeah it's more if you, it's even more likely <laughs> but it doesn't feel that way well i guess because you're controlling the steering wheel and everything it's like yeah it's up to me even though well, the pilot's so like way more qualified than you are it's it's like still it's up to me also, it's like, you know, the car's on the ground, so it's not like, you know. Yeah. It's really that following feeling that's like it's with the helplessness. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, go ramp a car. You're going to feel immediately helplessness because, like, yeah, your steering does nothing. I don't got wings on this thing. There's nothing I can do but let God take the wheel. There's no, yeah, there's no wing surfaces here for flight. You can't even let God take the wheel. You got to let Newton take the wheel. Yeah. <laughs> Physics, take the wheel. <laughs> oh, f- <laughs> my my still one of my nightmares with the people in the plane in new york when they're like calling it's like there's a bunch of buildings around i don't know what's happening it's right before they slam into the tower it's like <laughs> what a nightmare <laughs> just it's like i don't know what's going on but i don't think it's good there's lots of buildings around i don't think these cretins can fly the plane it's like well yeah you're right actually they, they got one they're flying it one way in a way it was never intended to be flown but yeah Otway sits down and he starts reading. I wrote this as a, his suicide note. This is the note he was reading and writing, you know, presumably to his wife or whatever, or ex-wife. And, but then it follows up, the, like, oh, he's putting a gun in his mouth. It's like, oh, this is his suicide note. Now, am I interpreting that correctly, or do you have a different interpretation? No, that's a good, that's what I thought, too. Okay. This whole movie is about the death of this guy. Yeah. Just the slow march towards death that will overtake us all. <laughs> that's why it's a, such an uplifting movie. Because we find out later on, like, oh, his wife's dead, so he's writing this note to her. So obviously, actually, I don't know if that makes it more obvious that this is a suicide note, but it's like, you know, essentially a note meant for no one. Yeah, I mean, I, the reason I thought it was a suicide note was because he had a gun in his mouth in an earlier scene. It's like, oh, <laughs> yeah, this yeah. is just part of the process of, of how yeah. you do it. Because I've had a lot of guns, and I own a lot of guns in my life. Never once put one in my mouth. Not even to see what it was like. It's like, never been that curious. So when you're when you're doing that, especially with the rifle, you got to have those NBA hands. Because otherwise, you're just going to blow the front of your face off. We've talked about this before. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm pretty sure it's like somewhere in... It would be like in Doug Stanhope's like cavalcade of how he's going to kill himself. It would yeah. be like him putting a rifle in his mouth and using like those extendo baby arms to pull the trigger <laughs> yeah that would actually be uh yeah, that's amazing that's why i love that guy <laughs> who else because that would be so cool because if you just like saw the barrel down which is like boring me i would do i was just gonna saw the barrel down what are they gonna do charge me with having a short barreled rifle after i'm splattered all over the ceiling it's like no but if you do it with a baby arm and then somebody finds that <laughs> then they're going to write their own fiction over the top of what, what did that mean? It's like, no, really he's just practically solving a problem. But if you have the baby doll there with the arm missing, but it's sitting there like watching you die and then you use the baby arm and it just all drops to the floor. Everyone's going to ascribe like there was deep philosophical meaning 
<laughs> to the death of the comedian. When the clown dies, the baby cries. And it's like, no, nah, he was just a weirdo solving problems. You know? Let's get the conjuring people on it. Yeah. Uh, was it the Warnocks? Is that it? I've the Warrens. Warrens, okay. Oh, the first Conjuring movie's great. It's great in the oh. way that the, the original Amityville horror is. It's like it's all bullshit, but it's really yeah. cool. You know, it's, yeah. <laughs> I love that. I even like those haunted house TV shows. It's like <laughs> everyone's freaking out and screaming. It's like there's absolutely nothing going on there that would scare me at all. <laughs> I like, I like how mom is always watching ghost stuff and like alien stuff. It's like, what world do you want to come true? Oh, I watch that stuff all the time too. I'm, I'm as guilty. I've seen all that stuff on Netflix and all that, but I'm also like putting together something when that's going on. So it's yeah. like when I'm hearing about how, Oh, the, this is the plan. The Anunnaki aliens have and why they built a fake moon and everything. It's like, well, I'm not really having to engage this in any serious way. I'm just like matching colors on a, and using an <laughs> airbrush. It's like, yeah, cool. Tell me a story. You know, Shh. Bigfoot is actually an emissary of the galactic <laughs> peoples. It's like, yeah, this is amazing. <laughs> and that way, when people come and try to tell me like, Hey, I got to drop some truth on you. It's like, yeah, go ahead. And then I'll interrupt them and like tell them something twice as crazy. It's like, oh, you know about this too. And it's like, well, I know it's bull, but man, it's fun. I mean, it's, it's yeah, like, yeah. it's like, it, this is, it, this isn't really happening. Yeah. That stuff was all fun until it started bleeding into reality and politics. <laughs> yeah. That, that's when it's not fun. Yeah. I remember when I was talking to, uh, when I had a, I've had, I, I've had a lot some great parent teacher conferences in my life with Grayson's teachers. And he was in high school and I was talking to the chemistry teacher and we were talking about, he wanted, we were talking about Harry Potter or something. And I said, yeah, I don't know much about that. I've never read it. I've seen a few of the movies. I know Grayson was into it, but I said, imagine, okay. It was like a, a you're like, a, you know, a man of science, you know, a teacher. Now imagine if magic was real, how that would f up all the rules of science we have because now we would have to account for this like all the laws of conservation all that stuff would be thrown out the window because now we have this thing like oh you can think and will something into being and just cause this like transition of thought into energy and like what, what so if all this harry potter stuff was true it would just completely upend our ability to understand science or the world around us at all and the problem I have with Harry Potter is it doesn't really, or any of that stuff, even Lord of the Rings and Wizards and all that stuff, it doesn't offer any like, oh, how does this work practically? It's like, where's, <laughs> how does this have this free exchange of energy in the universe when nothing else does? And and you know, and no one ever explains that. And he, he, was, he was actually thrown by that. He's like, man, I never thought of it that way. It's like, oh, yeah, imagine if it was real. It would be terrifying. Just like if aliens were real. It's like, oh, yeah, type one civilization that can travel at super luminal speeds across the galaxy are interested in coming here and mutilating cows and sodomizing kind of weirdos from the Midwest. It's like, what does that tell us about the greater universe and what it, what it means? And it's like, yeah, if any of that stuff was true, we would actually be living in a David Lynch movie. It, it would just be a real one. It's like, like, oh, my God, they know how to pick their victims like they know they know us better than we do. <laughs> They never believe any of the victims. Yeah. And I always think it's funny, like, it's like they'll point out, it's like, well, you know, Jimmy Carter actually made a UFO report when he was in the Navy. It's like, well, yeah, he probably actually saw a UFO. 
an unidentified flying object that was probably there to spy on whatever Navy stuff we were doing <laughs> sent by the Russians. It's like, yeah, he actually saw something and exactly described what he saw and made a report. He didn't say, oh, little green men came and told me the secret of the universe. No, some kind of Russian spy thing happened and he had to report it. What was that recent thing where they had like some sort of like, like congressional meeting and they had a guy talk about stuff and he's like, there's been non-human bodies and spaceships i've seen them and then there was just no evidence it's just a guy saying weird stuff without anything yeah. to back it up yeah it's that's my thing with that is uh i forget what the guy's name was uh yeah he had some kind of level of security clearance but he and he was actually you know on the record talking about this stuff but yeah produced no evidence and it's like cool i'm glad you're saying this but until you show me pictures that aren't <laughs> fake i don't care it's like yeah because i've heard because this is the similar to the stuff that the guy uh, um oh the guy from area 51 bob lazar it, it's like because remember you remember that guy right I'm confusing him but go ahead uh, yeah he was the guy he worked at area 51 uh and and he left and he basically was telling people in the 90s like yeah they have ufos out there and they're, they're working they're oh. trying to reverse engine and everyone laughed at him but then he knew very specific things about area 51 like how you work there, how you get a job there, what kind of machinery they had there, what kind of equipment they had there, all stuff that later came out. It's like, yeah, it's he's true. It's it's actually really what's going on. And then when he goes on Joe Rogan like 15 years after this and he talks about, oh, yeah, the thing they were working on, this element or whatever called Element 115, it was like, yeah, it's, it's one of those like uh, it's that unobtainium that makes UFOs work or whatever is essentially the short story of it. And then. It's like, wow, this is so ridiculous. And they raid, because he lives in Michigan now. They ra the feds raid his house in Michigan and his <laughs> business where he sells scientific supply stuff. And it's like, oh, well, why are they still messing with this guy then? What does it mean? It's like, I don't know, but he never showed me any pictures. But, yeah, his thing about UFOs was like, no, we, we found them, but they've been here for thousands of years. Like, we found them buried in the ground. And they oh, just okay. dug them up, and they're like, None of it actually works. We're just trying to reverse engineer, like, well, how might this have worked or whatever? Because this thing crashed here like ten thousand years ago, and we you know, we don't know anything about it. We just if we have it, it's real. It's a physical thing, and I worked on it. And it's like that might actually be true. I would actually believe that if you could show me pictures. If yeah. it's just like, hey, or Nathan, walk in and look at this thing. It's like, you guys didn't mock this up. This isn't some like Mythbusters thing that you guys did in a workshop. It's like, no, this is real. It just does things. It operates under principles of science. We don't yet understand, but it's still kind of, it's kind of in line with the science we think we understand. So it's like, this might work. It's just something we don't understand. I would totally believe that if you showed me pictures, <laughs> but as long as you're talking about, Oh, well, you know, the secrets and we can't reveal it. It's like, well, then it's bullshit. I don't care because you can't, you can't show me any proof. It, it's just like, yeah, you know, it's just like my stuff with conspiracy theories. Like, do you believe a cabal assassinated Kennedy? Yes, I do. Can you prove it? No, I've never been seen shown proof of it once. But I believe, you know, it kind of makes sense. It kind of jibes with some of the other stuff going on, but I can't prove it. I can't point and say, yeah, this definitely happened. But it's something I'm not going to close my mind to and say, ah, no, nah, it didn't happen because I don't have proof. <laughs> but but I'm not going to, like, change my behavior around UFOs until you start showing me pictures and stuff that isn't fake. Just bring out the actual UFO you found buried in Egypt. You know, it's like, <laughs> oh, wow, that's crazy. That's real. Okay. Cool. He found the Stargate. <laughs> yeah, that's but, – but, but this guy always said it, it's like – 
with him, I don't believe because he's gotten more credibility as time goes on because the stuff he was talking about, like about like how the place works and all that. It's like, yeah, that was all true later. So he must have worked there. But he says, as I, I don't believe he's ever said, no, we're not in contact with any living aliens. We just found old craft here. And there's like three different varieties of them. It's almost like three different kind of technologies that basically we're assuming do the same thing, but they just had a different way of going about it. I don't know if they were different countries or different aliens. Nobody knows. But it's like, okay, I, I could see that. And we're just finding... One, one crash ship and two rescue ships, and then they stop sitting. <laughs> or what it is, is because it, it does kind of jive with like the Fermi paradox and stuff. I don't know what this has to do with the gray, but it does kind of jive with the Fermi paradox about like, oh, these could be like civilizations that died out 10,000 years ago for whatever reason. And we're just finding like, yeah, they did come here. And we found their ships, and it's like, but they're so far away from us, we'll never see them. Or they died out. They could be, like, one galaxy over, but they're dead, so we wouldn't know. They're not sending out signals. They're a dead civilization. So it's like, yeah, or that's possible. Or we get a signal, and by the time we respond, they're already dead. Yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of annoying people, an annoying person sits down next to Otway. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he tucks the suicide no weight in the front seat pocket. And then he tells the annoying guy, like, he wants quiet. And so the annoying guy gets mad and leaves and goes to another seat to sit by himself. Yeah, I think yeah. he sits by himself. Or does he just bother somebody else? I think he goes, like, sits near a group of people and starts being annoying in another way. Okay. And I kind of felt sorry for this guy because I've actually worked with people like this. Where yeah. it's like their mouths just, as soon as they sit down, they got to start running their mouth. Because if, again, like the Patton Oswalt thing, if there's a moment of silence, goblins <laughs> will come from the ground and tear us apart. And it's like, can you just be quiet for, let's not talk about something for five seconds. And it's always like, I want to say things that are edgy and funny, but it just, it just manages to annoy everyone in your vicinity. It's like, yeah, you, 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 you got to work on this timing and delivery here. This really... <laughs> It's just obnoxious. Or you want to say something horrible about someone who is also in the room with you and you don't really know either one of these people. Where you're like, that guy's an asshole. It's like, okay, I don't know him, so I can't make that judgment. So why should I be on your side right away? What do I get out of this? Are we forming an alliance? You know, what's going on? He didn't listen to my garbage, and now I'm planning a conspiracy against him. Yeah. I hate that guy. He's a jerk. It's like, is he? start thinking he might be on to something and we cut to some time later the plane's like rocking a bit but the workers don't seem too worried about it and then a flight attendant starts moving through the cabin and the turbulent gets rougher here the annoying guy starts talking about plane crashes and pisses everybody off well he says horrible things like yeah don't do that thing where you put your head down between your legs because there was this crash, man, and they found these people with their spines sticking into the back of the seats, and you know, and everyone's like, "Shut up!" You know, you're gonna jinx it, or you know, that kind of stuff. Uh, but the crash doesn't happen here, so I guess that's a good because that's kind of I don't know. I guess a lot of this movie like isn't original. <laughs> like, there's been so many plane crash survival movies. So. Yeah, there's been a few of them, and they even reference some in this movie. Yeah. Uh, so I guess here that they don't just like start talking about have turbulence and start talking about plane crashes. They don't just have the plane immediately crash. So I guess that's a good thing. Yeah. Uh, then we cut the night. 
the cabin light, lights are darker. People are sleeping. You can see their breath like as they sleep. It's actually a really cool like cinematic thing. It's like I didn't think of that. Yeah, <laughs> plane so <laughs> plane so cold. Like everyone's breath is in the air. And then Otway like dreams of his wife, and then he's awakened by like the plane being extra violent. But, like in in the in his dream, like he's like in his current. He's in a bed with his wife, and he's got his current like you know jacket and stuff and boots and stuff on and then he's kind of like kind of like pulled out of the dream and he like wakes up yeah and then like looks out and sees like an engine fire on the wing or something <laughs> something well, yeah, he looks outside on. and the, the ailerons are like all messed up yeah um like they're like trying to move and they can't they're like almost like it's almost like it's trying to move on a sprocket but it's just like oh those airbags didn't inflate yeah <laughs> yeah okay <laughs> I don't know, but it sounds good. Uh, you know, you know, hey, it could be whatever you want it to be. Uh, and we talked about that recently, so it could be that. Yeah. There's really cool sound design on the plane crashing. Like, the, 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 the sound design of this movie is almost like the sound design from a horror movie, but it's, like, an, essentially a realistic situation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was kind of thinking out what to call this movie, what genre. Is this, like, horror survival or just survival? It's like there is no supernatural element, or is there? You know, it's like eh, it could be horror survivor movie. I don't know. Well, basically, it like has all like like the elements of like the the black smoke from um, Lost, Lost, but it just doesn't exist. Yeah, <laughs> it's like what the actual black smoke in Lost was. Like one of the ca- actors was telling someone, "It's like what does it look like? It's like a camera on a stick." <laughs> I think what happens here is the roof of the plane is ripped off and the plane gets inverted. <laughs> okay. Because we see Liam Neeson hanging upside down and we see the ground rushing below beneath, but there's like, well, there's no roof on the plane and he's above the trees, so that must be what's happening here. I have no idea. <laughs> Are they doing like, uh, what was the Dunzel Washington movie, Flight? Yeah. They flip the plane over so because yeah. it'll work the right way. The... <laughs> well, here it doesn't work. So. No. <laughs> well, I guess people survived the crash, so in some instance it did. So. Well, let's remember Liam Neeson's character starts laying down on the seat, which is empty because it's one of those three-seat, two-seat deals, and he's putting all the seat belts on himself. <laughs> he's literally, like, becoming one with the seat. <laughs> uh, and then, then, like, we cut to, like, he's dreaming of his wife again. I think this is where he's like under the covers with his wife and then like the covers are like ripped away and then like reality is burst forth. That's my really favorite cool scene. Like, yeah, yeah, like I said, that is the inception of first yeah. scene in this movie. It might be the best thing in the movie. Yeah, it's like, ah, the, rea- <laughs> the reality beneath the reality has been torn away. Uh, and because like the sheet's white and it's like revealed to basically be like a white wasteland of like. Yes, it's it. perfect. Yes, like it does great. not take you out of it. It's just like she suddenly is ripped away and you're still in this white hellscape. It's like, what happened? <laughs> it's an amazing scene. Remember um, it. It's going to come up later. <laughs> yeah, he just kind of wakes up in the middle of a field. I think he's still in his seat. Or is he thrown from his seat? I can't remember. I believe he's just laying there. Okay. And so Otway gets up. Again, you don't know if, like, is this still a dream or what's going on here. And then he happens upon, like, the bulk of the plane crash, which is all ripped up. And is some of it on fire? Yeah, it... some of it's on fire. 
Uh, he's helping a guy who's stuck to a seat, and then the guy next to him was cut in half, which, yeah, that's pretty gnarly. Yeah, and the guy was freaking out. He's like, he got cut in half, man. <laughs> I know, I know, you dumb bastard. You know? <laughs> I can never do to... those Irish accents like Liam Neeson's. Yeah. Like, I always can't, can't get those right. Uh, Otway tries to pick up Hernandez, who's in shock. He's like, "Hey, where's my, where's my kid?" It's like, "Hey, man, we're not we're not in that situation. <laughs> there's a plane crash. <laughs> we're in the middle of nowhere." It's like, "Oh man, that sucks." <laughs> so that being the end of Act One, because now they're in the plane crash. Now they're in survival. So Act Two, <laughs> moments later, they're gathering up all the uh, all the survivors. Uh, here, there's like a guy bleeding to death. This is James Badge Dale. Uh, and here, like I said, like this is the opposite of every scene where it's like, you know, like, you know, just hold on, we can get it. And he's like, no, you're bleeding out, you're going to die. So, you know, just let it wash over you. <laughs> What's happening to me? You're, you're going to die. <laughs> just let the death wash over you. But the cool thing about uh, the thing that kind of like makes this believable is you have all these guys, you know, what they call just what he, the, the narration earlier was like uh, unacceptable people, unwanted, ex cons. Yeah. All this. Well, these guys are all like have tears running down their face while this guy's dying. No one's vocalizing any like sense of like, oh man, this is so f-ed up. You know, it's not like a, like the guy in aliens, like game over, man. You know, nothing, nothing like that. Everyone's well, like think- crying and scared and it's just horrifying. It's like, oh, that, well, that works. I no, like I that. Think- I think Diaz is the only one who's like really upset by this because he wants to be, he wants motivation to keep living, and this guy basically just deflated all of that for all these people. It's oh, like, okay. I gave this guy permission to die, and I incidentally gave everyone else permission to die. <laughs> and Diaz is like, "You just f-ed everything up." <laughs> I am a merchant of death. <laughs> I have a special set of skills yeah, yeah. I make everyone around me want to die and give up on the notion of continuing to live and that's how you know I'm Irish because <laughs> I make death cool <laughs> uh, so I yeah, take gold dies. coins and sell sadness <laughs> uh, he dies Yeah, everyone's sad and then, like I said Diaz is angry but then Burke starts laughing uh, but I think that's because Burke is suffering from hypoxia at this point or something. So at least that's what they explain later on. Otway's counting out the survivors. He's like taking inventory of everything, which I always like when they do that in movies. Cause that's always like, I, I get onto it's like, cause when you have to like imagine yourself in like these survival situations, like you like, you always have to like, all right, what do I have on hand? Like, what do I have? And it seems like in movies, they always concentrate on the bickering and like who's in charge. I'm like, no, what's our inventory? Yeah. <laughs> we can figure all that shit out later, but we got to have, shit. we got to have fire. We got to have food. I don't care who has feelings. <laughs> got to MacGyver this shit. Who's in charge here? Who cares? If we don't know what we have, you'll be in charge of a bunch of corpses. <laughs> No one says that, but it's yeah. yeah. It's stuff you always want to say when shit goes wrong. Yeah. Hey, who um, puts you in charge? It's a god. <laughs> so yeah, he needs to make a fire so that first, so they can survive the night. Because it's yeah, it's also just it's also weird because it seems like it seems like there's always like a, a cut to scene and like there's always a blizzard going on. Yes. And then like three seconds later, it's not. <laughs> yeah, that is there is some very. I know it's like they had to 
they had to do the long scenes. It's like outside the plane. It's like, you know, constantly. But it seems like when anyone either dies or they want to have like a conversation at normal volume, it's like the wind senses that and becomes silent. And then it's like, oh, the storm's over. And then it's like another a shot five minutes yeah. later. It's like, well, what the hell's going on here? It it, just, it, it it happened enough it took me out of it. Usually I don't notice things like that. Yeah, I mean, the only thing I can say is that some of the trivia said, and I don't know if it's true, is that a lot of those storm conditions were not created special effects. That was just the actual conditions of the air. Oh, they didn't have, like, a big fan running somewhere? <laughs> no. Okay, all right. Cool. So I could see that where it's like, okay, here's what we shot outside. It's always a blizzard. Then we're cutting to the set with the plane crash or whatever. <laughs> the reality of that makes sense, but the reality within the movie is just kind of weird and disconcerting. Yeah. But we already got weird dream stuff anyway, so I guess you know you could make a sense out of it if you want to. So they start, they start stalking anything that can burn to a big pile. I like how everyone has a different reason where, like, don't put that in there. It's like, Oh, here's the, one guy's like, I'll put some insulation on there. It's like, no, do you want to die tonight? Yeah. Like, no. That stuff will uh, kill us. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I, I like that. And then the, they cut to night, and so they're using jet fuel to make torches, but that's always fun. <laughs> yeah. It's fun to get ice-cold kerosene to burn. <laughs> And then uh, Otway comes up to there's like there was like there's like one woman amongst this whole like group of people and it's the flight attendant and so he sees her and he thinks he hears her like kind of mumbling for help or whatever and he's like coming up to save her and then he's like oh no it's just a wolf feeding on her dead body yeah she's so. not making any no she's not moving around on her own it's just <laughs> her intestines being pulled out by this uh, and then he goes and like creature tackle. of teeth. <laughs> He goes after the wolf, and the wolf like tackles and bites him. And gets some pretty gnarly hits on him, on on Otway, but then some guys just run in and beat the wolf away, like you know. Oh, he hits it with Which like is... a brace of the plane, like a, yeah. like one of the structural ribs of the plane, and it's like I think that would probably kill it, but you know whatever. Which is kind of a weird like first instance of the wolves because it's like, well that doesn't seem too hard. Yeah. <laughs> And we cut to Otway's getting his wounds dressed around the fire, and he's basically explaining, like, wolves and their, like, hunting slash kill radius, which I guess those are two different radiuses, but that doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, it does, like, seems like this is trivia time. It's like, well, are these things... Okay, important question. Are these things going to continue to attack us? Uh, if yes, then what are we going to do? It's like, well, you know, their range is circular, and they, you know... they. They, you, know, you know, they can only sense things. You know, it's like, okay, let's, is it going <laughs> to attack me or not? So then they go back and they're, they're searching the bodies for useful stuff. Here, Diaz, this is Frank Grillo. He finds like a GPS watch on him, which I was waiting for that to become a thing. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I was like, did I miss something the last time I watched this? Which I thought was funny at first because he pulls like it has like a an extra antenna on it you can pull out and I thought it was just like is that just like a 007 garroting tool? <laughs> it's like nah, it's an antenna, but hey, we can use it for both if you want. To. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm not even sure like if you had a like, I mean, yeah, I'm not sure what kind of watch it was if there's even expectation for it to like send out like a distress signal at all or if it's just <laughs> mapping your location and even though you're getting info to a satellite, there's. <laughs> no way you can get just like an emergency signal out well i have like the 2023 big hooli dooly uh <laughs> apple watch and it, it like it can shoot off a tone if i'm strapped in or if i'm trapped in rubble 
that people huh. can hear. Oh, okay. Have yeah, I ever so played local. that? <laughs> Let's listen to that. I used to have that set up. Oh, that's the flashlight. I, I don't know. I don't remember how to play it. <laughs> I mean, I. it'll ask me. It's like, you seem to be trapped in rubble. <laughs> and then uh, Gia, Dia starts taking like Here a wall. Here we go. <laughs> so it'll play that if I'm trapped in rubble. Huh. And I think I can I can also make calls with it and send texts out and stuff, but yeah. Um I don't know if it can like geolocate cuz all the times I've ever had to call the police here like you know on the freeway when like there's a car engulfed in flames it's like well can you tell us where you are it's like you can't track the phone no it's like really okay and then i'll look around it's like okay i'm by the 137 mile marker westbound does that help and he's like oh how'd you know about those like oh my god can you just send someone here (laughs) i was curious and ask a cop once and like that's how you guys know where things are so it's like i'd rather you just track my phone but (laughs) <laughs> movies have taught me the wrong thing <laughs> well i even know i can i even have it turned on it says 911 yeah. tracking available yes and then when you call 911 it's like <laughs> yeah what's your emergency it's like got this it's a car on fire in a field is anyone in it it's like i hope not i mean it's just going to run over there and check it's <laughs> I was like i'm not doing that uh dia starts taking people's wallets i think it's like I think this was like a manager so he's relishing like taking money from management <laughs> yeah um but then otway gets like all moralistic about it. it's like no we're not taking people's money <laughs> yeah, and then there's an um, argument otway has this dialogue like if you don't put that wallet down i'm gonna start beating the shit out of you and you're gonna <laughs> swallow a lot of blood and teeth or you know something like that <laughs> something like weird and horrible at the same time yeah then we got to it's fire time with booze, so it's kind of this is like the last kind of like hopeful moment they have. Yeah, this is the fun times. Uh, I wrote Flannery. I think he's the annoying guy. He starts talking about like the movie Alone, which is another famous plane crash movie. Yeah, it's or like they start like... eating meat off their ass. Can you imagine that <laughs> eating someone's ass? It's you know. and of course everyone's like, Jesus, this guy. All these people died in the plane crash, and this guy's. <laughs> I'm just saying what you're thinking out loud. It's not my fault. I know what you're thinking. I'd be like, no, if I thought like that, I would put this gun in my mouth and pull the trigger that I don't have anymore. Otway hears movement and then he takes a torch and like moves towards a noise. And then you see like it's glowing eyes. Yeah. And then like, it's just one wolf first. And then you see like all the other wolves. It's very, yeah. I think like, yeah, that's like the, that's like the scariest thing ever is just eyes in darkness. Yeah. <laughs> we know why their like, eyes do that and ours don't, right? I forget. Well, it has to do with like the uh, rods and cones in your eyes. Okay. But see, we sacrificed uh, like night vision for an ability essentially to read and see things up close that they don't have. And also we yeah. see in color and they think they don't. Everything's like yeah. just different shades of gray. I don't know if that's true or not, but I've heard, cause I remember somebody asked once like, why don't our eyes glow at night? It's like, Oh, we're not as effective as taking in light as animal eyes are, but also yeah. we can read and use. It's very important that our eyes are like, we can see things like this cause animals cannot see things like that. Yeah. So, cause they don't read well, yeah. and do stuff. Cause we're the product of aliens. So that's why we're <laughs> different. 
Well, maybe, yeah, maybe it's how it distributes the rods and cones or whatever differently to, to see better at night because, like, that's why night vision is the way it is because uh, in human eyes see green better, so that's why night vision is in green. Yeah. Because you, you can make night vision in any color, but green uh, is better for human eyes to pick stuff apart. Yeah. But we're all, um, I forget, I, there, there's weird things though, like we're very similar to cats in a lot of weird ways. Because uh, like our sense of balance is the same system in a cat that's in a human. That's like, huh. it's like, it's always amazing. You can throw cats up in the air and they land on their feet. It's like, yeah, well, humans can actually do that too. That's why we can fly aircraft and shit, but like put a dog in an aircraft and like, <laughs> it's not going to be able to, I mean, well, it's not going to be able to fly it for a lot of reasons, but it doesn't have that balance system. But, but, uh, and also there's something about cat eyes and human eyes that are similar and, uh, we can make ourselves vomit, which is like, that's something we have in common with dogs and cats. <laughs> but it's like we don't do it very much anymore because it's just kind of a party foul um <laughs> but yeah and there was kinda, there was and we label things as being poisonous now so that helps <laughs> yeah well yeah yeah we don't have to throw it up because we don't but it's also we uh, our eyes are better at tracking motion than stillness because all predator all predators have eyes in the front they have what's called binocular forward-facing vision and like rabbits and stuff the reason the eyes are on the side of their head is so they can see predators coming but yeah. our eyes are in the front. That's how you know humans and wolves and everything are predators because we only look forward and we track mov uh, movement better than, than uh, being still. Because if you're still, we won't see you. But as soon as you move, and humans and cats and dogs can see movement at incredible distances, we will immediately lock onto the movement. But if you're just standing there still, we will look right past you. <laughs> so, yeah, that's what's weird about, like, for all the things that like, oh, we're so much different from animals. Then you find out all the ways we're like exactly the same as animals. <laughs> it's like, oh, we're not so far away. It's really the only well, thing that makes us different is language. Yeah. Well, yeah. and so I we mean, don't have e we don't I, have ear. We don't have ears that can like rotate to pick up sound in different directions. Though. <laughs> no, our our hearing, our hearing is actually not horrible. Our sense of smell is a joke, though. Yeah. It's like it's basically non-existent. Like you practically have to cram garlic into <laughs> our nasal canals. It's like we could because like dogs are way more a thousand times more sensitive. Uh, but but the I think th also like the we, things also we I think like we don't have those ears that can, you know, try to listen for the sound direction because our brains can figure out where a sound came from. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I'm not sure. Oh, no, there's there's things about human anything that like monkeys do really well. Because remember the have you ever heard the comparison between the uh, chimpanzee and the and the cheetah, or the lion? Oh. Is this a Joe Rogan bit from? <laughs> no, 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 this is actually this is this is Richard Attenborough, but yeah, okay. it's, this is BBC. Somebody said it in a lofty English accent, so it must be true. Um, I'm just used to like whenever people compare humans to animals, it's just somehow Joe Rogan is involved. No, no, this is. Uh, um, they're saying like a cheetah. Or a, or a pack of hyenas or a lion, you think like, oh, those are the ultimate predators. Okay, when they go for like a, a buffalo or something, they have about a 30% kill rate. They're 30% successful. Um, chimpanzees and stuff, they, may, they mainly eat like birds of paradise and, and things like that in the uh, Amazon rainforest. 
Okay, when a chimp decides to kill something has a 94% success rate, <laughs> it will just swing through the trees and attack a bird from, like, above. It, it, it'll be like, tally-ho, and it'll just drop in, <laughs> grab the bird, rip it to pieces, and eat it. Um, it's like, yeah, so actually, like, hominids are more successful predators than, like, the things that are just teeth and claws. When you think, oh, a cheetah's way more powerful than a monkey, it's like, not really. And a monkey will attack a cheetah in a group, and it'll use tools, and it'll almost always kill it if it has to. But if a monkey's by itself and a lion comes after it, yeah, the monkey's f***ed. But you know, monkeys work in groups just like people do because people are just elaborate monkeys, I guess. That's what they tell us on the YouTube. So, <laughs> so yeah, this is a pretty effective scene where it just shows how screwed they are. Yeah. Well, so you don't necessarily know how big the wolves are, but you assume they're huge. Yeah. Yeah, and these would be actually like I believe again, this is all Nathan's bullshit, but I believe these are like Arctic wolves, which would be like remember I said the polar bears are like super dangerous. <laughs> it's like, yeah, anything yeah. that has to live in that climate is the most dangerous version of whatever that is. <laughs> so yeah. I brought Otway's taking a night watch, but I, I, I don't know. He just seems to be in and out while other people, because it seems like Burke is actually on watch, I guess. I'm not sure. Uh, there's some wolves scurrying about. Uh, you know, Otway's like, hey, Burke, don't go to sleep. And he's like, I'm not. Yeah. Uh, then we cut to Hernandez taking a watch. He's playing some 3DS. Yeah. Um, What's he playing, by the way? I, mean, is it, I don't know. I didn't see. I just, I just know he's playing a 3DS because I had the same exact one with the kind of sparkly red version um the 3ds xl <laughs> okay the extra big screen on it yeah it's like the only video game system that has 3d unto itself okay because um, it had like a weird screen that like like had a mirror image thing and you could just look into it and it did 3d and it was like the only thing that ever did that <laughs> and nobody ever made it since so it's actually kind of a weird valuable technology that no one ever took advantage of because there's 3d tvs but you always need glasses this yeah one didn't <laughs> yeah i remember all the also, 3d tvs like came and went oh yeah, yeah but also with the 3ds you had to look at it on almost like an exclusive angle to actually do the 3d effect so oh okay um, yeah, he gets up and he takes a leak, and then the wolves tackle and eat him. So this is, you know, <laughs> again, there's like another, you know, there's like a million jump scare moments like this that'll keep happening. But it's like, oh man, he's taking a leak, and he had a torch nearby. Like, wasn't that, is that gonna give him a, you know, zone of comfort or safety? Like, nope, <laughs> nope. Um, Life is horrible and random and not fair. <laughs> uh, cuts a morning. It's both storming and not storming. <laughs> This is where it's like when it just cuts to a different angle, it's either storming or it's not. Um, Otway gets up and he takes stock of the situation. They find Hernandez dead. Otway says they didn't kill him. They or did they didn't eat him? They killed him. So you know this is like yeah, this is a uh, you yeah, know they weren't uh, getting food out of this. This was to make a statement apparently. Yeah. So Otway's like going through the options that they either like need to make a stand or they need to move further away from the wolves territory into like a tree line they see beyond. We need um, to get up in those trees and hoot, throw our feces at them <laughs> like the monkeys do. <laughs> uh, Burke seems to have trouble breathing. This will be a constant thing. Otway punches a hole in the wing and drains some jet fuel out of it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then he looks on the ground where the jet fuel's leaking and sees a human face frozen 
in the snow looking up at him. It's like, that's weird. That was like yeah. scary. Like, what's he looking at? And then the camera goes down. It's like, oh my God. Yeah, well, that's we're, where he decides we're going that. to the trees. <laughs> Hell with this. <laughs> well, that's also where he decides, like, hey, Diaz, you know, you're stealing a wallet thing. Well, we're going to do that, but it's going to be for a memorial. Like, we're going to keep track of the dead by taking the wallets. It's like, okay. Uh, then uh, then Diaz makes fun of him in the meantime because he was like trying to steal wallets last night and now they're taking all the wallets so he's not helping him out at all. It's like, yeah. I was trying to do that yesterday. F*** you guys. <laughs> Otway finds his rifle, but it's busted. So, But he does have some ammo. Although it's weird. It's not ammo for the rifle. It's ammo for a shotgun. Yeah. yeah I think uh, that was merely convenient because if they like just had like rifle rounds... And they're trying to make their bang sticks, you know, out of yeah. it. It's like, I don't know if that would work. And he also finds a suicide note, so he makes sure to tuck that away. Yeah. Uh, and then Henrik says a prayer for the bodies. Uh, then they then they cut to, like, they're, travel- they're moving away from the crash site through the storm. They're trying to head for a tree line that they, they, they don't, like, they just kind of say there's a tree line out there. They don't, like, cut to it. <laughs> we just know, well, it exists. So we don't yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, yeah, for all this cool scenery in this movie, which they do take advantage of, the the supposed trees of the tree fort of safety that we're going to build is not really shown. <laughs> yeah, so they're they're walking for the tree line, and Flannery is straggling behind, and so the wolves attack and kill him. <laughs> Here's another one where Otway goes up to him and basically feels the life go out of him. Yeah. So he's like, oh, at least the annoying guy's gone, but it was sad how he went. So. <laughs> He was, he was struggling to make it through, and then the wolves just pounced on him. Yeah, I mean, that's one um, thing that works in this movie. Like, it gets that thought into your mind. It's like, what would it be like to be torn apart by animals, which is, <laughs> like, not a normal human death? It's, it's like I'm just having my insides torn out while I'm fighting this thing that's, like, just basically a head with teeth in it, you know. And, and I can't really overpower it because I, I have no, no weapons. It's like if all these guys had shotguns, they just walk out there like it'd be like Indiana Jones where the guy's swinging the sword around and he's like he just pulls out the revolver and shoots him. It's like, yeah, if we had guns. This would be, you know, one and done. Uh, there was a cool cinematic here moment here where the, the blood from Flannery pours into a paw print. <laughs> yeah, that was kind of cool. Like comes then, from underneath. Yeah. Yeah. And then Otway takes his wallet. They cut the night. They get to a tree line. Uh, but the wolves are waiting. They send like an attack wave, and so like they hurry to build a fire. That was a really cool scene because they're like running, and there's like oh, there's wolf like line attack strategy. It's, <laughs> it's like are they yeah, gonna fire he... and rank on us? What are they doing? <laughs> well, yeah, one guy even says like they're flanking us. So yeah. Um, which would actually like really freak you out <laughs> if you saw yeah. that at night you'd be like oh this is this from hell what is this <laughs> i'm fi- we're fighting humans in wolf form no also like i, I don't did, did you watch this on streaming or did you have like a copy of i it? streamed it okay because because of being all the snow and stuff like that and some of the dark scenes this is a terrible movie to stream because snow is bad for streaming because uh, when the scene doesn't change as much, the 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 what do you call it? The codec can handle it and make the movie scene. But like if there's snow or glitter in a scene, 
it has to constantly update everything in the screen and so like the resolution will just drop out of it all of a sudden and so not a great streaming movie because it's not how it was intended to look but now i will tell you i did something different with this one um now the, these are apple airpod max they're apple headphones okay there was an uh, there was an update on these a while back and they have what's called I forget what it's called, but it's basically like sound visualization. So it's like your relationship to the screen is where the sound will come from in your headphones. Yeah. I was watching these just with the headphones on and I forget why I did it, but I just wanted to try it out. And so when something came from the right or to the left, or there was converse, if there was a close conversation, it was like, Oh, it was right in your ear. <laughs> so like, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Cause my my TV does black pretty good because I have a you know a Samsung like you know the nine K one or whatever, so it's like yeah it, it, visually it looked pretty good but the sound on this was really cool and when the wolves attacked it like made me jump but I was listening <laughs> to noise canceling headphones with this weird it's like sound shaping going on, so it's like for this and this was the first time I did that um because I could watch it on the big TV because Stacy was at work. And uh, it was like, oh, yeah, that was pretty cool. But, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Like, it's tererrible to watch, but the soundscape in the in – so go out and buy you some, you know, Apple AirPods Max and, you know, download the latest software, and it's going to be an amazing experience for you. And watch it on, you know, like a 72-inch well, Samsung TV. Well, it was like streaming for me. It just became inconsistent because of the snow stuff because, it, like, a scene would come in, and then all of a sudden, like, everything would just turn into gray blocks. Mm-hmm. It would eventually catch up, but it's yeah. it, it it it's it's a hiccup in the experience of watching the movie. So yeah, I mean, I had the same problem with my and I had a my I have like a primo setup to watch things, and <laughs> I was having the same streaming problem. Yeah, because the the thing that does black and transition to white the best that I've heard of is the Sony Bravia, which I almost got because it was seventy five <laughs> inches, and they told me the price, and I was like, no, I I can't, <laughs> no, I'm sorry, I can't do this. Um, as much as I want to, I want to do this, but I can't, but they were showing me like, this is how it handles black to white. And it's like, apparently that's a thing. So. Yeah. Contrast. Uh, yeah. But I'm not uh, one of those guys. Like I can appreciate, uh, but I can do the sound stuff really great. Cause yeah. thanks Apple. You know, <laughs> I think those headphones are only like, you know, I don't know, 50 bucks. <laughs> Go out and get you some. Um, I don't even know if they make yes. those anymore. They hurry to build a fire, but that keeps the wolves away for now. But the wolves are like starting to make terrible noises that are like kind of beyond wolf noises. Yeah, now, like horror noises. Like it was just people trying to mess with you. <laughs> it's like that's what the noises become. And then you hear a fight amongst the wolves, and then Otway starts talking about how like they they turned on the alpha, but the alpha fought back and killed one of them or something like that. Which now we know all this alpha wolf stuff to be total bullshit, or it's misguided and used incorrectly. Yeah. But again, in like the Verhoeven effect kind of thing in the movie, like maybe that's like, oh yeah, he does. He's supposed to be the guy that knows, but he doesn't know, and that hurts. Them. Yeah. I don't think that movie was doing that then, because this this is when like the the alpha male stuff started to get really, you know, big, where it's like people just want people want to look to nature and. Uh, anthropomorphize it to like fit their own philosophy yeah it's like well i'm selfish and i want people to to give themselves to me so what in nature makes that that this this uh 
this makes that relevant or necessary. <laughs> See, I'm a leader of wolves and men. I'm not just a selfish <laughs> asshole. I'm a, I'm someone who's like I'm the top, the ultimate tough guy. And I'm gonna start hanging around with Navy SEALs or something stupid, <laughs> yeah. and it's like, oh yeah. And then you find out it's like, no, the way to survive is to cooperate and be like a communist. Yeah. Wolves are more like yeah. communists. It's like they do have a guy that's in charge. And they do challenge him sometimes, but generally they work together with the collective and everyone's, everyone gets meat yeah. on their plate. And it's like, oh, no, that's for queers. <laughs> you, know, <it's laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> you can't do that. But yeah, where this whole study that the stem from goes wrong is that they study wolves in captivity. And yeah. all the things that they learned about wolves in captivity doesn't apply to wolves in the wild. No. <laughs> there is not an alpha wolf in the wild. But there is one in captivity. Just like there might be one in prison, you know, because that's what happens to people when you, you, uh, you imprison. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Weird hierarchies form because it's out of survival. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's what they figured out about apes. Is is like, oh, they just work together. Yeah. Because and that's why apes are like wherever whatever territory they move into, no matter how many physically superior apex predators they are, apes always end up at the top of the pyramid why because they work together and yeah. they also throw rocks and stuff at you which is other animals are like whoa what are you doing it's like we're cheating <laughs> we're throwing well, I, mean, rocks at you. I mean that's that that's why this stuff is in this why this stuff comes up because people like to believe you know you know the american dream where it's like i'm self-sustaining i can survive anything i'm my own castle yeah um and in a society that works you can pretend to think that all you want and you can be right yeah and when society falls apart you will fall apart too because yeah, just people wait till they turn the fight. power off you know <laughs> yeah uh yeah that was like the fun like the billionaires are trying to build their like bunkers for the apocalypse or different apocalypses and they just want to be able to like have their harem of women and, and be them themselves and like not and not have to like and not have to trust on people and have like ai and robots that handle everything it's like no you're going to die immediately yeah <laughs> and uh, i was like because they're like well i can't trust security because the security is going to turn on me and take my stuff it's like i need robots to be my security it's like yeah, it's only gonna last so far until you're like run out of energy and knowledge. And basically, the only the only billionaire that was getting it right was the guy that was like, basically like, he had his security guys and that he trained with, and he's like, you have a spot in my 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 apocalypse bunker. Like we're working together on this. And it's like that was the only guy that's gonna survive the apocalypse. Because one, he's working on like doing stuff with mushrooms and growing food without like you know sunlight and crap like that. Yeah, <laughs> so, that makes sense. So it's, yeah, this guy's the only one that's gonna. This guy's gonna survive the longest. He'll probably also die, but he won't die within the first three months of the apocalypse. Yeah, it's the um, guys. Yeah, it's like yeah, well, I'm gonna surround myself with Navy SEALs, and it's like, oh, are they gonna be the ones that ha don't have families that are gonna let you put shock collars <laughs> on them or something, or like those exploding ring collars like yeah. in the Running Man? Like you're not gonna be able to control these guys. You're just some effete guy who did one thing with a computer once and has has parlayed that into billions of dollars. As soon as those dollars don't mean anything, these guys are just going to shoot you in the face and put their yeah. family in your bunker because <laughs> it's like that's how people think because it will be survival of the fittest then, and guess what? You're not the fittest when it comes to those guys. 
Oh yeah, then we cut to Otway showing the group how to build a bang stick with like recovered shotgun shells. Which <laughs> they almost immediately use it and it seems not to be effective. Like I was hoping one shotgun shell would do the job, but here they use all shotgun shells. Yeah, they kind of panic. They're not pros, yeah. you know. They're just Cuz trust uh, me, if a wolf comes out of the woods at me at the middle of the night, even if I had like a functioning shotgun, like say my shotgun that holds like 15 <laughs> shots, I'd drain all 15 of them into that damn thing because it's like, I'm scared of this thing. It's like, well, you turn it into baby food. It's like, well, it's not going to attack me, right? Uh, yeah, here Otway and Diaz are arguing about being scared, which is kind of interesting, like character stuff where it's like Diaz's like, I'm not scared. I'm a man. Yeah, he had some <laughs> statement. It's like, I live not in fear. Yeah. And then and Otway immediately like, was like, oh, did you read that off the prison wall? <laughs> <laughs> well, and also Otway's like, I'm scared shitless, and I'm the one leading us. Yeah. <laughs> and Diaz's like, we didn't ask you to lead. It's like, well, I was the only one with ideas, and I know wolves, so that's why I'm here. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't need the, the toilet fixed. If, if that was the case, <laughs> you'd be in charge. Uh, so Diaz challenges Otway, and Otway knocks him down. Here he's like, you know, it's it's kind of seemed like he was playing it dirty, but it's like it doesn't matter. It's nature. Yeah. And then a, a wolf comes up and distracts everyone. It kind of looks Diaz in the face, and then it leaves. And then Diaz sits with his back to the wolf. That came, the, then the direction sits with his back to the direction the wolf came from. Sits down to apologize, and then the wolf just attacks Diaz. And then this is where everybody runs up and hits it with shotgun shells and stabs it, and then they eventually kill it. Um, yeah, because I know if a wolf walked out of the woods. By the way, wolves that have, like, shown me their ability to easily kill people. It's like immediately <laughs> I'm putting my back to that. <laughs> and maybe he did that because he's like, this is how tough I am. See, I live not in fear. And then the thing yeah. almost takes his head off. It's like, yeah, how's that <laughs> philosophy working out for you? Uh, uh, and then Otway says it's an Omega, an outcast, and uh, Jennifer heard that before. <laughs> and it was sent in to test Diaz, I guess. Uh, the wolves like howl off in the distance to uh, presumably intimidate them, and so to intimidate the wolves back, they cook the wolf for meat. And <laughs> By the way, I looked this. Okay, I did do some did do some work for the show. Wolf meat recipes. Um. <laughs> Young wolf tastes similar to chicken, while more matured wolf has a flavor that closely resembles resembles pork. Remember, we oh. talked about this like mind, uh, like we don't know what we're eating, so everything either tastes like chicken, you know. That's like yeah. it's like it doesn't really taste like chicken. It's just like we don't know what we're eating, so it's chicken. <laughs> wolf meat and dog meat in general is not not eaten, you know, in North America and Western cultures. Yeah. Uh, wolf meat is generally lean and tough with a chewy texture that can be difficult to work with in the kitchen. The taste yeah. of wolf meat is described often as somewhere in between beef and pork with a slightly sweet flavor that is not as strong as other game meats. It has uh, It is very high in protein and low in fat, but has almost no nutritional value unless it's cooked. Weird. Okay. Huh. Um, it has to be cooked because you have to like uh, liquefy the fat. And okay. bake it in, uh, and there's not a lot of wolf, and there's not a lot of fat, and uh, generally a wolf in the wild. Let's see what else. You should remove as much fat as possible, but leave some left because it has a tendency. The uh, fat in canine is more waxy than greasy, so it's like cooking a meat with candle wax in it. That's gross. Huh. <laughs> Ugh. Okay. 
It's huh. very tough and chewy. Essentially, the recipe I found here involves a lot of garlic and onions, and its its texture is described as waxy and still like somewhat furry, uh, <laughs> because the uh, the um, the hair, uh, like most canines, like the hair that grows through their skin, it's it's pretty thick root hair, you know, and so it's like yeah. there's still a lot of uh, the pores in their skin are pretty pretty big so it's still kind of like has a grisly uh waxy taste to it so yeah it just sounds horrible there's a reason <laughs> we don't eat dogs because they don't taste good if, <laughs> if we did we'd be eating them all the time <laughs> that's sort of like one of the main bits of survival like when fire was so great for humans is that like it basically offloaded it basically we got a bunch of calories back from fire yep because when you ate raw meat it took more of your calories in your body to digest the meat yes now that it's cooked you don't your body doesn't have to do that anymore and you get a a, a plethora of ca an extra calories and now we've done it so well that we're in the, the opposite situation yeah <laughs> we don't need those calories now damn it <laughs> yeah now everyone kind of looks vaguely like me and they have health problems it's like oh it's because of fire damn it <laughs> or my decision to eat a large pizza <laughs> see here uh burke is coughing and getting dizzy the wolves howl again but here diaz gets pissed off at that so he cuts the wolf's head off and then throws it in the woods <laughs> yes in More a very howls. extended scene of wolf decapitation yeah they gotta go well, he's, now he's got to cut through the bone and like they make a whole effort and the other guys are kind of I don't know. I don't know why they're grossed out by this and not just. Like, yeah, they just like skinned and ate a wolf, and and it's <laughs> it's like, oh man, you're going for the vertebrae. Like it makes like a crunching sound, which like you know that's just some like foley artist like rolling dice around in his hands, where it's like or just you know. breaking some celery in half. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's not forget though that Burke like wakes up like a snarling wolf. Like you don't. Yeah. It's oh a, yeah, yeah. That's a weird like. What, was I being attacked again? No, it's just Burke waking up. Oh, wait, no, it's just a moment later. Oh, is it later? I thought it was before this. Yeah, okay. It's it's like two minutes later. Okay. I do I do have that note. But yeah, there's a, when he throws the head, the, the wolf head at the, the – there's some howls, but then there's like an extra distinctive one where it's like, oh, that's the alpha. So. Yeah, just like a bellowing, deeper howl. Yeah. Which is interesting because like they don't they don't tell you any of this like you just have to figure it out. I mean they offered up the information there's an alpha and then you just have to figure that out for yourself. Well, you don't see him. It's the good thing in movies they do where like the danger is known but unknown. Yeah. It's why Alien works so well as a movie because like you don't see that freaky alien thing really <laughs> until like the almost the end of the movie. I mean you see it killing people and you see big hands and kind of a weird head like an insectile looking thing. But the reason Alien works so well is like you don't see the monster. It's like yeah. it's why the Blair Witch Project was so cool. It's like you never <laughs> see the monster. You're imagining it, and your imagination's yeah. like way weirder on a personal level than anything anyone could come <laughs> up with. This is why I don't use hallucinogenic drugs. It's because I already have a weird imagination. I don't need to amplify that with like LSD or mushrooms. It's like, oh, no, I'm I'm weirding myself out in bed at night. Like, it's time to fall asleep. It's like, what if a, a, uh, you know, a creature made of oil was, like, pouring in under your door right now? And it's like, well, good night, Nathan. Have a, have a good night of sleep. And it's like, oh, no. So, yeah, I don't need to. This is why I, I like stuff like that where you don't. You know, I mean, you know what the danger is. 
Yeah. But this is why it's why the thing's cool too. It's like, but the danger could be anything. Yeah. You know, and it it could be a, like a flower. You made could of, be the danger, and you're afraid of it too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, they could be sticking a hot wire in your blood, and it's gonna jump out. It's <laughs> the coolest thing in a movie ever. <laughs> wow. But yeah, yeah, that stuff's cool. Uh, also, yeah, I also forgot they 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 build a fire, but then I also set up like perimeter fires, so they're like. They have. They're not just sitting around a fire. There's fires around them now, but that doesn't seem to affect the wolves as much anymore because they already had one walking like near the fires and wasn't afraid of it. But yeah, oh. um, I think that's so more that, so they can see things coming. Yeah, it's like because they have something. Um, to, there was a concept called watch fires and stuff. Uh, but I mean, but because the wolves are now walking like near the fire, this is where they like, oh, we got to be on the move. We need better. Yeah. Uh, you're like, well, you got the fires and they aren't attacking you. Like, why don't you just stay here? But, you know, again, this movie isn't necessarily about the right decision. The people in the group feel like they have to make decisions and do things. And whether that's right or wrong, isn't necessarily, I mean, you can, you can have that discussion, but it's like, I don't think. It's like, I don't think it's, you know, is it the folly of the characters or is it the folly of the story writing? And that's up for you to decide. Yeah, this movie is basically a treatise on, like, corporate America. It's like, <laughs> keep moving forward no matter what, no matter the cost. It's like, no, we could, like, build, like, a tree fort here and just have fires <laughs> burning all the time. Because they don't really talk about the effect of uh, cold and lack of food on these guys. I mean, they acknowledge it. Yeah. But it's like, oh, it's miserably cold. Take it from someone who's had to work outside a few times in his life in the cold in the Michigan winter. It's like, oh, it drains the life out of you to be out yeah. in the cold for any length of time, uh, let alone trudging yeah, it, through it. But they don't really seem yeah. to address it a lot in this, other than, like, no, it's generally It shows cold. them being tired. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, when you move around in snow like that, like, you even have to, like, you have to expend brain power to how you're moving. Yeah, like you don't want to overextend because then you'll sweat and that's going to feel real bad too. <laughs> um, yeah, it's like chopping wood in the fall. It's like this is why you have heart attacks doing. This is why they make wood chopping <laughs> machines because it's like, oh, you'll just drop over dead. This is why I have a snowblower. It's like shoveling snow doesn't stress me out until my heart stops beating. And it's like, <laughs> oh, this is a problem now. <laughs> now my brain's going to die. Um, so the group grabs the torches and they start moving into the night. Uh, Burke's saying he can't keep going, so then they hold up there. And they apparently have like rocks to their back or some sort of like impassable formation. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't, you don't really see it, so they just take it at their word, I guess. Then we, uh, oh, what's his Talget? It starts talking about the crash as like divine intervention and stuff like that, which is kind of supposed to like hot way like rethink things <laughs> i guess yeah because <laughs> he's clearly have he's having uh you know yeah i thought god saved him from killing himself and then he put him in this situation like what's going on here so he's you know having a crisis of faith even though uh, he doesn't really start with faith so. <laughs> but uh well, yeah this, this movie's like i said this movie's like death is the core of this movie and so always with death comes our relationship with god or lack thereof <laughs> or desire but, you know, it's, uh, it's like the great scene in No Country for Old Men where Tommy Lee Jones goes and visits his uncle and he's and he's like talking and he's like, I used to think God would come into my life and this would all make sense to me. But he didn't. 
and it never did. And it's like, that's like so perfect and simple and brilliant. Uh, but at the same time, it's like, yeah, that's kind of like a most people's relationship, I think, with, you know, faith that we're supposed to have, but we like don't. And then when yeah. our backs are against the wall, it's like, now will God come into my life as, you know, the wolves are at the door, literally? Is it time for God to come and offer? It's like, nope, doesn't happen. It's like, oh, wow, this is hugely disappointing. But expected like also, like, disappointed <laughs> and not, like, surprised. But this also creates a moment of contemplation, which brings a moment of silence, which makes it perfect for a jump scare. And this is where Burke wakes up with a where it sounds like a wolf snarling or something. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so it is a jump scare, but it's just him waking up. Uh, he starts hallucinating because um, he's like talking about I think his daughter or something, and then the, then the whole group starts like talking about their families, which makes him extra sad. <laughs> yeah. See that death scene that happened like an hour ago would have been much more hard hitting had you known something about that guy yeah. other than the fact, well, he's dying and it's, <laughs> and, and of course Otway's going to be a weirdo about it. And like <laughs> death will wash over you. It'll be the best thing that ever happened in your life. Trust me. And just embrace it. Think about your children. As you just fade into oblivion. Uh, yeah. Let, you know, think of someone you love, let her take you into the afterlife, <laughs> which that's messed up. It's a, but it's, uh, but you're going to think about it. And then someday it's like, well, if I'm in that situation, that's what I'm doing. And then the guy next to me is like, wait, this is from that movie. And I'll be like, oh, I'm such a fraud. <laughs> now I can't die. <laughs> yeah. Wake up. Start slapping him. This guy um, screwed up my delivery. Your death scene was ruined. So you can't die. <laughs> Your death scene is cliche. Yeah. <laughs> So it's invalidated. Here, like Otway has like kind of flashbacks too. He talks about his, his bad father and basically just had no good qualities except for he was like, into poetry. Yeah, because <laughs> he said his dad. I guess he had one good thing. It was poetry. Well, but it was almost um, like hip because yeah, he was basically this alcoholic Irish guy. Like you know, yeah. and Liam Neeson's from Northern Ireland, so that's like even darker. <laughs> it's like because <laughs> a lot of this I think was channeled through him. Uh, yeah. that's why this is like one of his best performances other than Schindler's list, because it's like, <laughs> Oh, this is just like the dark Liam Neeson. Like this, this is, he's, he's acting perfectly in this movie. Um, but yeah, his, he even, he even says, he's like, yeah, my dad was basically an alcoholic. You know, it was like something like, like quick on the knuckles or it's like basically a guy that liked to drink and fight. Yeah. But he's like, Oh, he was into poetry cause he thought it rounded him out. Uh, yeah. but it was always like, yeah, he just thought that it didn't. Um, but you know, there was one thing like that my alcoholic violent father resonated to me through this poem. Um, well, yeah, it says like his dad wrote the poem that he recites, but I don't know. Is it actually, or does that have an origin? I didn't look it up. I don't think so. Okay. Cause <laughs> I thought the poetry was lame. <laughs> uh, I did too, but it also, it also worked. Four. It also worked because it's like, yeah, this is something an alcoholic would think was profound. Yeah. It's like, okay. Yeah. Yeah, because it's supposed to be like kind of like, okay, you're going into death. Like, let's go out with our chin up and like with bravery or something like that. I don't know. I, I didn't write the poem down, but uh, he said it was like only four lines and meant to be simple. It's like, no, it's three lines and two of them are repeated. Yeah. <laughs> one of them is repeated. <laughs> Let me look this up. <laughs> 
Because I uh, believe it borrows heavily from something else. Yeah. Uh, once well, it's like more into the life. fray, into the last good fight I'll ever know. Live and die this day on this day. Live and die on this day. <laughs> so it's like, I don't know. It's uh, what does that remind me of? Well, it was like what once more into a breach, and then there's yeah. um, what other thing is vaguely similar to? Oh, and like not going into not going into gentle into the night, kind of that stuff too. Yeah, don't go gentle into this good night. Yeah, it doesn't didn't seem like something like profound. That's, that's what I was wondering if it was like actually from somewhere. Is like, oh, am I being made a fool here that I'm like thinking something's lame that has like history to it? <laughs> no, you weren't. Okay. Uh, then they hear a thunderstorm moving in, which they're like, oh, great. <laughs> uh, they cut to morning. The guys are hiding behind some branches. It's, it's like you know, here's like it's, a, it's deafening. Like, oh wait, storm. Here's the one I, I it reminded me of. I'm sorry, I was thinking of something. It was a Rudyard Kipling poem, Rudyard Kipling poem, uh, which was, was like, uh, you know, dying the good fight or whatever. And it's like, and this is the last stanza: When you're wounded and left on Afghanistan's plains, and the woman and the women come out to cut up what remains, just roll to your rifle and blow out your brains, and go to God like a soldier. And then it repeats three times: Go, go go like a soldier a soldier of the queen it's like that it kind of reminded me of like the spirit of of that uh which that's a happy one. Oh, that's so specific that's great yeah 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 so that's what i immediately thought of was like that's, was, that's why that's why Otway's dad's poem sucks is it's so vague in general yeah this is like like this is instructions like in F, in if afghanistan your guts are blown out and the women are coming out with their knives save the last round for yourself and go to God like one of the queen's soldiers, you know, it's like, but it's all written in the tone of like, yeah, this was all worthless. It's like, there's a whole poem there. That's actually pretty cool. But unless anyone wants me to stop and read a poem for 10 minutes on the podcast, which I probably don't. Um, yeah. So this is like the, the most deafening, the blizzard you get. The guys are hiding behind some branches, just kind of get away from the wind. Uh, and Otway can't wake up Burke, so Burke's dead. He just died in his sleep or whatever. Yeah. Uh, uh, then we cut to the blizzard's done. They've rebuilt the fire, and they're drying off. So this is kind of where they, they reinforce, like, oh, yeah, they're cold and starving, and <laughs> this sucks. Um, but, you know, they don't have to, like, nobody's getting gangrene cutting or frostbite and cutting people's feet off or anything like yeah. that. But, you know, you can imagine they're close or something. Yeah. Um, just working in the cold is draining. Yeah. It kills motivation. Uh, Otway, like, gets up and starts moving, like, to, like, kind of, like, the distress of the rest of the group because he's not saying anything. It's yeah. like, wait, what's going on? And then he sees, like, there's a there's a, a flag on, like, a cut tree. And so it's like, oh, there's been logging here. So we're, like, near some sort of industrial, if not civilization, some sort of industrial work going on the axemen are going to come and save us and the ice road truckers are going to get us out of here or some other reality tv show on the history channel we're safe boys the axemen are here but no just just the cameras show up to watch us die yeah uh they hear a river 
uh, but they're like up in the mountains, and so they need to find a way down. And yeah, they so basically they like, up. oh, we're near a river, we can follow it, and then they go to the Grand Canyon. It's like, well, there's the <laughs> river, and it's like way down there. <laughs> but they see a tree across the lane. Yeah, basically, somebody needs to jump about 15 feet to a tree, so they work up a tether to make that happen. This all seems like a bad idea. I'm like. There's got to be a better way down than this, but this might be the most exciting way. So I guess. Well, I mean, even Otway is like, I have an idea, not a good one. Uh, <laughs> so they all acknowledge, like, yeah, this really sucks. Like, so that's that's like a, a like a moment of like, oh, okay, yeah, I like this. <laughs> so yeah, they they rig up a, a a tether jump. Henrik leaps off the cliff, and he made it to some trees. Already, well, we assume it does so because the. the the line goes top, but it doesn't like fall. <laughs> yeah, you don't see anything. It's like, and then there's some great dialogue in there. It's like, is it stable? It's like, yeah, I don't hang out on it too long. But, but this is a guy like yelling out of the dark, like you don't know yeah. what's going on. Yeah, uh, but like one of I think one of Diaz's knots slips, and so he grabs it with one hand, and so he's like holding it up. But then like the ice cliff breaks, and then. Otway's got to grab Diaz, and then it all ends up working out okay. So they get everything together, and now they got to like, now they have like a rope across, a makeshift rope, and now they have to hand over hand across. Uh, Talget goes last, but he has he's got a bad hand from. Uh, it was either a wolf bite or like one of the shotgun shells going off. I can't remember. I uh, bit but... his hand when he stabbed it with the okay shotgun spike tree thing. <laughs> Um, he's also he's afraid of heights, so it's like things aren't going well. Um, he goes to like look down, and then he loses his glasses, which this is a nightmare of mine. But really, I've been in some weird situations and high spots, and my glasses have never fallen off my face. Like yeah, <laughs> I imagine if they were fro, if the sweat was frozen under the ears, <laughs> they would probably fall off. Yeah. I guess maybe. Then the rope snaps, and he ends up just being like on the end, like on the wrong end of the fulcrum, and swings hard against the tree. Yeah, it's a really violent, like falling through trees. <laughs> it's almost like uh, kind of like in Band of Brothers when the guys parachute in, yeah, and they just like get beat, you know, beat the <laughs> senseless out with falling through trees. Or maybe it wasn't Band of Brothers. I don't know. It was one of those. Yeah, um, yeah. There uh, are paratroopers in that, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Because that's like. Uh star d-day and stuff like that or yeah they had the screaming eagle I, I logo those people. guys are paratroopers though yeah what's that called 101st airborne it's like famous yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. i don't know it's also i don't know, like tree stuff and and military people falling down a cliff that's also with uh soul survivor you get a lot of that too. oh yeah oh yeah wow <laughs> yeah, i forgot about that one that and uh the rundown <laughs> which is weirdly by the same director <laughs> He likes people breaking trees in half. <laughs> is that the one with the rock with the guy with whips? Yeah. Yeah, that's the one where I wanted to learn how to use whips. It's like, <laughs> those look awesomely effective in that movie. But then um, I realized you had to practice in the backyard with whips. And, you know, and I live in a neighborhood where people of a lot of different backgrounds live and just some big ass white dude in the backyard swinging whips around people might start to assume <laughs> things about me it's like no no i want to be like the bad guy in the rundown i'm not 
He's he's whipping watermelons. Like, what's wrong with that? It's like, well, you only need to one add one more food group, and those people are gonna start thinking. <laughs> yeah, he's like passively aggressively ex- expressing aggression through. <laughs> he's 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 all microaggressions. Yeah, he's all a hundred percent. He's a macroaggression. <laughs> also, his uh, Talget like before he was talking about his daughter like waking him up by like her like hanging her long hair and brushing over his face. And so, yeah, then they have his, you know, he's laying on the ground and his daughter comes up and brushing her hair on his face. And it's like, oh, well, you know, he's dead. That or his daughter's like really there for some weird reason. But that's like, I don't think the story's going that way. And it's supposed to be like, oh, well, his daughter's going to take him away to death. And it's kind of almost a sweet thing. But almost almost like the way it does, it almost comes off like this is a scene from the ring. Yeah. (laughs) It's like if only she was just crawling on her hands like backwards or something. (laughs) Or just came out of a TV set. Um, But then they just immediately cut to him being eaten by wolves. And it's like dragging him away. Is he screaming? I can't remember. (laughs) No, I think the wolves are going crazy and the guys are screaming. Like Otway, Diaz, uh, Henrik are screaming like, ah, we got to get him. Uh, How do the wolves get down there so fast? No, no answer given. Okay, cool. That's 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 my immediate question after the. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't want to. I want to steal your thunder. I was thinking the same thing. It's like did the wolves make a rope bridge too? What did they do? Well, that's why when you start thinking about the logic of this movie, that's why it's like they. Wait, are did the did the authors of this movie intentionally make these guys make the wrong decision every time? Yeah. (laughs) Because there is. There is logic for them being there, being as to where they end up. Like, okay, they're actually moving closer to the den, so yeah, <laughs> these might be different wolves. I don't know. <laughs> the other wolf, the other wolves are taking the long way down. These wolves in closer vicinity to the den are are taking these guys out. <laughs> um, but it still feels weird. Uh, but yeah, the other guys climb down after Talget. Diaz takes a fall and like screws up his knee. Although later on, he says it's his ankle, but you know, whatever. A leg thing happens, and so this is taking Diaz to a bad spot. Um, Otway grabs Talgut's wallet, which is like the only thing left behind. Um, it was nice of the wolves to leave that, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> like, don't eat the wallet. Yeah. They need that. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know how hard it is to replace a driver's license and yeah. credit card? It's like... <laughs> um, Just eat the ass, not the wallet. <laughs> uh that cuts to they're walking on like the shoreline otway otway hendrick and diaz are the only ones left uh diaz is talking about giving up and so he just sits down he throws his wallet to hendrick uh they start talking about death here's where they like to give their first name to each other which i guess is supposed to be like a big moment but it's just kind of like all right whatever um uh, Diaz hands off the GPS watch to Otway, so this is like you know, it's like yeah, he's given up. Yeah, and it's kind—it's kind of supposed to be like he's the last guy to give in. He's supposed to be the guy, you know, on paper is the or what he purports to be the guy without fear, and now he's giving into fear and death and all that. Um, and so Hendrick and Otway like walk off, and then we just kind of have a, like it's like he's leaning on a log, his back is to the camera, and he's looking at the river. 
and you just see Diaz watching the river. He, he's almost like so still for a while. You think, well, did he just die of exhaustion already? But he's moving a bit. You hear branches like breaking off in the distance, so you just know bad things are, yeah. <laughs> are on the way. He says he's not the monsters afraid. from the id are coming. <laughs> <laughs> he says he's not afraid. There's a wolf snarl, and then it just immediately cuts away, and you know we never see what happens to him. It's up for your imagination. <laughs> we we assume he doesn't like join the pack, and it's like, <laughs> okay, we've got Remus. We need Romulus now. We can recreate the Roman Empire <laughs> if we just you know raise another human. Well, I guess like what the. I, I guess in like the reality of it, what I thought was going to happen, what happens in these kind of monster movies or like nature monster movies where it's like the, the monsters are real, but like the nature of them is a bit unreal. I thought they were going to bring like the severed head of Diaz and put it in front of Andrick yeah. and Otway or something, but that doesn't happen. See, we can do it too. <laughs> it's not so cool now. Uh, Hendrick and Otway continue on. Hendrick asks like when, about like the last night at the bar because i guess hendrick had some like hey you want to go kill yourself right yeah had some then, weird inappropriately specific <laughs> insight that made no sense it's, well he said well uh, the only thing is because it's close he said like he saw the, the look of giving up in diaz's face and then he realizes like oh you had that look on your face at the bar last night so like were you going to go kill, kill yourself and always like how do you know was i was gonna go kill myself were you watching me he's like nah i just saw that look on your face it's like you're weird man yeah <laughs> um that's amazing can you use some of that brilliant deductive power to get us out of this situation please <laughs> instead of judging me uh then there's two wolves that show up and give chase hendrick goes in the water like accidentally they kind of knock him in i guess uh um and then otway's like giving chase after him and he eventually just jumps in after him hendrix gets his foot caught in the rocks but is like he it's can't probably get the worst the death water. scene in the movie because yeah. <laughs> he's literally like an inch from like i could breathe if i could just get my mouth above the <laughs> puddle of water or this thing of water i'm in um well, well like really like the like the annoying guy, I forget his name, he's the last, like, kind of, like, death by the wolves. Because after that, it's like, uh, Burke just dies from natural causes. Really, Talget dies from the tree. Yeah, he was just, like, just, the wolves just finished off what would have happened in, like, 15 minutes anyway. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Diaz, you know, we don't see his fate, but mostly it's just him giving up on life rather than the wolves killed him. <laughs> and looking at some really beautiful scenery. Yeah. <laughs> and then just like claiming that as like, yeah, God did that for me. I'm supposed to sit here and watch this. It's like, Otway should have been like, great, more of your bullshit prison philosophy to justify whatever cowardly act you're doing. But he didn't do that. But yeah. Um, uh, but Otway's like trying to like breathe air into Hendrick's mouth, but Hendrick is panicking too much. And so he just drowns with his like foot about six inches from the water or his head six inches from underneath the water. So it just, it's, it's, yeah, it's one of those deaths where it's like, oh, you're just so far from not dying. And it's like, and there's nothing you could have done to help it. Well, I mean, I guess he could have, like, got his foot out of the rocks. But at this point, he doesn't even know his foot's caught in rocks. He's just trying to he's trying to lift the log. He's trying to lift him, and nothing's working, and then he's dead in, like, 30 seconds. So. Yeah, I mean, it's a situation I can – it's an effective scene because I can put myself in that situation. Because trust me, if I'm underwater and my foot's caught and it's like – 
oh, you just got to move that rock and you can get out. It's like, no, rationale's going out the window. It's yeah. like, I, I'm literally going to try to rip my foot off <laughs> to get out of that or just drown. Yeah. And so. we only know his foot is clearly caught in the rocks because they have the camera and clear water showing you that. Where in reality, it's like, you can't see that. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I'd ask, it's like, hey, where's this shot that I can see? Like, I want to see outside my perspective, God, to know what's going on. Can you do that for me? <laughs> You're not going to answer me, are you? You're not going to show me the other perspective, are you, God? I knew you were false. <laughs> So how that being in Act Two because everyone's dead except for Otway. In yeah. Act Three, Otway and he wishes a... he was dead. If we're honest yeah. with ourselves, <laughs> Otway climbs ashore. He's alone and wet. Here's like if you watch the trailers, here's where he just like, I don't know. He sheds his coat at some point. Now he's in like, in like all the, all the like kind of uh, what do you call that? Advertisement for this movie. He this is like this third act with the sweater and stuff like that's all what's in all the advertisement is this is like this third act oh it's like like, do do all the trailer scenes are now with us yeah well if you even like look at the like the the cover of the movie like this is from this time in that movie where he's got the the sweater and he's like the scars so okay so here you start yelling at like he start yells at god to do something and he says like it i'll do it myself (laughs) Uh, which I don't know what that means. What do you mean? Believe in yourself or like, you know, not, not waiting for divine intervention. Just you do your own intervention. Yeah. I mean, essentially I'm just like fulfilling the philosophy that I knew was like the truth anyway. It's like, there is no God and I'm just alone in this world to suffer. And you know, my dad was an alcoholic. So, uh, there's a montage, a montage, montage, montage of Otway continuing on. Otway stops and pulls out the, the bag of wallets and he lays them all down. Um, he looks at the in, in a the crucifix wallet. pattern, as I remember. <laughs> yeah, maybe I don't. Know. <laughs> I could just be like misremembering that, but I thought. He ah, was, like, I don't know. This is a Verhoeven effect. You, uh, what do you, what does that mean, David? <laughs> I think he accepted that God is like, oh, God is real, and He's given me the ability to get this far without. But there can't be magical intervention because, you know, this is the real world. And anything God does, Satan can do, you know, also. So yeah, he, He's looking at, like, all the family photos and stuff and kind of, you know, being emotional about that. Uh, but here's also, like, where Diaz is the saddest because it's just his, it's just his like, driver's license. There's yeah. nothing to it. He has no family, nothing. <laughs> not a credit card, not some cash. <laughs> it was literally just his license. <laughs> Yep, that's his life. <laughs> yeah, and so he probably was. Yeah, you know, I don't think they confirm it, but yeah, he probably was. I mean, he has a tattoo that says "No Moss," uh, so yeah, maybe yeah. It's, it's, what does that mean, tor- by the way? Because that was in a Taco no. Bell commercial, as I remember. Uh, no, "Live Moss" is the Taco Bell. Oh, means, okay. Which means like "Live More." No Moss is no more. Okay. As far as the direct translation I put into Google. <laughs> okay. Well, at least you did that much effort. I didn't do that. Because, <laughs> yeah, at some point, like, that's what he uses to calm him down. When he's like, yeah, stop doing this. He just says, no mas, because that's what's written on his neck. Yeah, presumably Diaz was in prison, and so this is him trying to get his life back together. Then the, the wolves surround him. He, like, tucks his suicide note in his wallet and has a flashback quick flashback where it's basically like oh his wife had cancer or something yeah she was dying in a hospital essentially yeah that's the bed from all his dreams and she says don't be afraid 
too. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, oh, he's about ready to enter the afterlife. Yeah, yeah, yeah she's taking him away. Um, yes, yeah, so he tapes his knife. He tapes a knife to his right hand, and then he tapes bottles in his left hand, like he, you know, like he's like being Wolverine or something. What's well, in between his fingers? And he just like breaks them all on like a rock nearby so now he's got some stabby things on his other hand which would only uh, work in movie world because if you did that in real life and broke them on the rock it would immediately cut into your hands because they'd break <laughs> wrong and you'd be like ah this is wounding me as much as this horrible creature that's attacking me um and uh and so uh, here he recites his dad's stupid poem i can't remember if he says it out loud or if it's a voiceover i think he says um, it out loud uh, he charges. He tra- he charges. The wolf howls. Cut to black. Yep. <laughs> Credits with solemn music. Um, although there is an after credit sequence. Uh, I'm not sure if you went that far. Did you know about the after? Yeah, I knew about it. I, I watched it. I didn't know about. And Nick Fury before. was like, "You ready to get <laughs> on board now?" It wasn't that. But, uh. Yeah, it's 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 in the foreground. There's the wolf of the body is laying down, it's breathing, but like uh, heavy or what do you call that? Uh, what kind of breathing is that? Like troubled breathing. I could, there's a chain Stokes breathing. breathing. <laughs> um, it's called the death rattle. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, like a raspy breathing, and yeah. you can, and then you can see the top of Liam Neeson's head. And the trivia says you can also hear him breathing, and then cuts away again, again, implying what you want. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, neither one of them lived i mean what what did, yeah. a, did a helicopter show up and like a wolf rescue helicopter show up <laughs> it's like no they just bled out in the forest yeah uh. which again that that just bleak it's like well, what did, what did all this movie mean if it meant nothing it's like well yeah, that's that's the struggle of life <laughs> yeah it actually represented life it's like yeah this is it Men trying to be men and then life doing what it does anyways. <laughs> Two men and men only because it's not fair. <laughs> the worst thing to be is a man unless you have to be a woman and then you realize like, oh, my biology is trying to kill me my whole life. And then you're like, oh, it's so great to be a man. Um, but like I had a little before I learned about the after credit sequence, I was going to have us like when it just cuts the black and it's like, all right. Obviously, that's left up to the audience, though. Think of what happened. So, Nathan, let's do the um, the clue multiple endings. What ha- <laughs> what are all the endings to this movie? <laughs> well, there's one ending where, like, Liam Neeson leads the wolf pack because he kills <laughs> yeah, the that, alpha. He, be- he, becomes, <laughs> he becomes in charge. Um, one a- where he doesn't even get a punch in and he just dies horribly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's that one then there's one where he like kills the the wolf and then like um um the native peoples of that part of the world accept him into their tribe because this this pack of wolves was terrifying them and so he ends up like you know uh being the husband of the the 300 pound native woman that gave the other guy the clap earlier uh, <laughs> because now she doesn't have to be a prostitute anymore <laughs> And she can live, you know, they they can live their truth in the in the wilds of Alaska. <laughs> There's one where Liam Neeson, like, it, a portal opens. Uh, and he goes into, like, the uh, multiverse. Um, or as well, yeah, like a helicopter shows up and shoots the wolves or something. Yeah, like Sarah Palin is shooting the wolves <laughs> from a... Hell, 
if she would be governor of Alaska at this time. <laughs> and I don't know if she would or not, but yeah. And so, so why does the movie end like this? Because are any of those endings satisfying? <laughs> no. no. I mean, it's just, yeah, it's just completely ridiculous. It's <laughs> because the whole tenor of the movie is like this is a treatise on death. Yeah, this is on life, point. struggle, and death. This yeah. is like you have limits, you will find them, and you will die, because that will happen to all of us, no matter what, no matter no matter what kind of comfortable suburban life I live in Metro Detroit. It's like yeah, I'm gonna die in like 20 years or so. You know, it's like yeah, that happens. Which why the him taping the knife and the bottles up is why that's why people love that. It's like you at least gotta try. Yeah. You can't just wait there to die. You at least got to try, even though it's, it's, it's pointless. Hey, that yeah, that's my motto. I mean, we're getting ready to go into like a strike here, and it's like, well, what do you think about this, Nathan? It's like, well, uh, live on your feet or die on your knees. <laughs> it's like, so do you think we're gonna win? It's like, no, we're gonna live on our, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna die on our feet, uh, but we're not gonna live on our knees. And again, like this moment, like there's more of this in the trailer of him, like basically boxing the wolf. I'm not sure if it's boxing the wolf, but there's more moments of him like running and stuff like that, which people, I guess people were mad about when they got to the movie, but there's even less of the wolf boxing <laughs> in the movie than there is in the trailer. Yeah. Um, but again, I'm not sure. Well, I will say know. this. I don't know. I can't tell if the wolves in this movie were CG or oh, they were a lot of or if they were actual wolves and they kind of did an overlay on them because they were, like, trained for a movie and they made them look more frightening. But they didn't have a lot of, like, the obvious CG bullshit wolves that you uh, think you'd see. I mean, I noticed some, but that's usually, like, they're in the background a lot. And maybe because of that, like, I was talking about that effect with the... Where the... Um, the eye shine. Well, no, the, the, like, with snow and stuff, how it, like, makes the block... it become, Everything becomes a gray block okay then the cgi stands out more to me but again that could have just been streaming problems rather than the movie's problems this movie is you know over 10 years old so yeah but what i liked about this movie was like i didn't see anything where it's like i mean i knew that like oh those were cg wolves or those were like wolves that they like they had real wolves on the set but then they overlaid them and make them look crazier because their eyes yeah. probably didn't really look that green and all yeah, that yeah, shit. Yeah. but it's like that's enhanced that's like a real that's like a physical effect that's like a practical effect that's enhanced yeah. but if they had him do wolf boxing it's like yeah that <laughs> would look really crappy because uh, you know the budget this movie had they couldn't do like lord of the rings cg where it's like yeah, yeah. i believe that legolas is doing that it's like no that would look dumb <laughs> Um, so yeah, that's, uh, that's, uh, you know, I, I liked it. I mean, I, overall, I must say I liked this movie. Um, it wasn't perfect. Uh, no, no. But there's things I, like I, there's, there's themes in this movie. It's like, yeah, that totally tracks with me. It's like, oh, it's like, oh, it's like a movie. Like you don't feel good watching it, but it does make you have interesting thoughts, I guess. Yeah. It's, it's well, it's done well enough. I guess it had a real effect on Roger Ebert where, he watched this movie and then he had to go in right to watch another movie and he walked out of that movie because he was too affected by this movie. <laughs> yeah, and he wasn't he like actively dying at the time too. It yeah, probably yeah. meant more to him. 
Yeah, I'm not being an asshole there. It's like literally, no, it probably yes, meant yeah. more to him. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not even sure if he could talk at that point. So that probably yeah. meant an extra thing. So um, yeah, like if I got a terminal cancer diagnosis like tomorrow, it's like, well, let's watch The Gray again. I would write so much into this movie <laughs> about this is my struggle, and it's like, well, yeah, you know, it's 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 like it's one way of interpreting it, because if you have a problem with God. If you are facing death and you happen to catch this movie, it's like, this speaks to me. If none <laughs> of those things are going on, which as far as I know, they're not going on in either of our lives. This is like, oh, this is a mildly interesting movie with a lot of flaws, <laughs> but some great performances. Um, yeah, which I wonder what the, you know, what the writers were going through at the time that they needed to get this out. So. <laughs> I mean, it, there's things about this movie that, and I can't, um like prove this like factually but there, there's things about this movie that seems so generic and so perfect yeah. at the same time yeah, it's like yeah. weird it's like oh this was this is like really generic like basic thoughts about god and the you know and the struggles of man and all that. it's like it's so basic and cheap but then like visually and performance wise it's like yeah this is cool <laughs> this is like a movie i feel like there's the asshole part of my brain that says I'm too smart to like this. And then it's like, damn, I like this. You know, it's, it's, <laughs> it's that, uh, it creates that, that, um, that struggle in me. It's like, I shouldn't like this movie. This is a movie for the common man. And I've obviously <laughs> transcended that, but it's like, no, I haven't. I've actually liked this movie. So yeah, so, I mean, that's, that's where I, I like, am. Joe Carnahan has an instinct for films and putting stuff together, but it's, it's the writing where, and the structure of it that's imperfect, but he knows how to make a moment. Yeah. Can't deny him that. <laughs> yeah, because it's like with him, I don't feel like it's it's like with Lynch, Tarantino, or um, oh uh, Kubrick. It's like I'm really not smart enough to understand what these guys are doing, but I'm going to try to – I'm going to make quippy quotes to – to like oh yeah i get this you know i'm with these guys you know i understand <laughs> or like um oh who's the um oh you know who's the other guy um the dark knight rises and oh christopher nolan yeah it's like yeah i'm I, he, they always make you feel like you're not smart enough to like our movies but you better like them damn it if you want to be thought yeah. of as smart like this movie i don't feel any of that pressure <laughs> and, <laughs> but i but i like it so much on a performance level it's like i, I really want i want to make this more than it is um, yeah well also i think that's what joe Carnan does does good as uh, too is that he does allow people to bring a performance to what is kind of like lesser material. And so that's what happened here is like, like you said, like this is, there's a million movies like this. There's plane crash survivor movies. There's uh, what was that? The bear. Isn't that like uh, Anthony Hopkins and, and yes. Baldwin. It's like, don't they plane crash and they have to fight against a bear. It's like same thing, different, but you know, different vectors. Like there's a bunch of movies like this. I even lost came out was, you know, like three years before this. Um, there's that new show, the yellow jackets, which is far more interesting, similar situation, but far more interesting. Yellow jackets but, is cool. <laughs> it's really <yeah>. cool. <laughs> I usually don't like, like, Oh, what's the current pop thing that they're doing? But it's like, Oh, yellow jackets is like, it's lost with like a mixed with LSD. And it's like, Oh wow. This more is weird. Lord of the Flies, yeah, like extra evil. Yeah. 
Yeah, Lord of the Flies if like Satan was like in charge actually <laughs> instead of just a bunch of random people. Yeah, yeah. That's... <laughs> we do have to talk about Yellow Jackets at some point. <laughs> Yellow Jackets oh, really helped me understand what being a woman is like. And that's why <laughs> I feel a lot of sympathy for women. It's like, wow, this is the world you live in. <laughs> What an uh, awful place. I would rather, I, I want to live in the gray. It's like, it makes more sense. <laughs> At least you die with some dignity in the gray. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I face my God, my creator with dignity and a full heart. It's like, no, in Yellow Jackets, you die because of like shallow people's conspiracies. It's like, no. <laughs> the male equivalent of that would be like if Alex Jones killed me. It's like, oh, very unsatisfying. Shouldn't have died that way, but yet I allowed it to happen. Um, we're sending a probe into space containing a supercut of scenes from the imperfect collection that is a very In fact, Nathan, what scene from this movie are we shoving? Oh, space? we're doing the one where he's, where he's you know in the snowbank, but he's talking to his wife, and the sheet gets ripped away. That explains <laughs> the gray perfectly. It's like this is beautiful and complete nonsense at the same time. And damn it, I'm gonna buy it on DVD and watch it again. Well, if you, if you like what you heard and how can't you, you can find us at verhoeveneffect.com. Uh, you can, whatever platform you're listening to this podcast on, you can rate us. You can rate us whatever you want, but the only thing the platform listens to is the highest rating. Remember, you control the algorithm. The algorithm doesn't control you. We also have a listener support at verhoeveneffect.com where you can support us at a monthly stipend, either $0.99, cents, $4.99, or $9.99 uh, a month. Uh, you know, cancel anytime. Uh, we were at Twitter or, I guess, X or whatever at Verhoeven Effect, Facebook, Verhoeven Effect. Uh, you can find us on YouTube at American Greed Factory. We watch both this and that show live and unedited. And we also have t-shirts at belowthecollar.com slash Greed Factory. So for the Barrow Effect Podcast, I'm Colin. And I'm Nathan. Goodbye, America.